2: what's good internet it is may 4th and you're listening to waypoint radio episode 394 i am your host austin walker i'm joined today by rob zachney good morning patrick Klepik. hello and Ricardo Contreras as always.
3: Yeah, there's a high likelihood that it is in morning wherever when people are listening to this. Why? Just because podcast com- goes out in the night on <laughs> Tuesday.
0: <laughs>
2: well, in the of the international day, audience. In look up our demos. Yeah, look up our demos our, and then very, think about when people are listening. Some people get it. <laughs> it's very Yeah, but are people look what's the numbers on when people listen, Kano? Oh, we don't got that data. See, we don't got that data. So, <laughs> like for how me, many
0: it's people morning. how many people at nine p.m. are like, ah, the pot is in, time to begin? Like I've I you know, I'm listening to my podcast in the morning. They accumulate we over get, the course we get of the We get some day. pretty
3: like first hour, like a solid five thousand in the first hour. You know? Okay.
0: Don't give away that proprietary data, Copy. <laughs> that's very important <laughs> data. And that's everybody, actually.
2: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> listen, if, if if Twitter jokes, Just don't, don't let people know it's stale. only five thousand <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's extremely funny, and yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the I was gonna say, according to the time in which jokes come in, it's always like three days after an episode drops is when people listen. Uh, shout outs to shout outs to Steve <laughs> Kim for making the the J. Jonah Jameson Pokemon Snap yeah. uh, joke uh, right, a reality. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, uh, how's everyone doing? I see. Uh, I see you have a great. Bears jersey on. Patrick. At, yeah,
0: this I I, I bought my Bears jersey. I bought my heavily discounted, um, you know, was 150 now $25 <laughs> Mr. Bisky jersey. It's in. The pick yeah. is in.
3: Uh, the pick is I
0: in. Was, I, was explaining, I was explaining to Rob that uh, my family, friends, just like Mr. Biscay, I, he's, he's a good boy. He tried. It didn't work out for him. He seemed like the nicest person on the planet. So sure. I just, I'm now beginning to hoard Mitch Trubisky uh, uh, paraphernalia to just surround myself, to annoy the, the people <laughs> in my, my life and also to ha- like start stocking up on Christmas and birthday gifts to give mm-hmm. for, for years to come. To celebrate and the
2: Trubisky <laughs> era. You know? Yes, it's like yes. yeah. uh-huh. and I
0: and it slowly become a Trubisky truther as as as, as time <laughs> uh, moves forward. Like well, what I think actually act so what the the bearings have done. Trubisky. Well, I think I think I think Bears fans, in some way, Rob, in the dead of night, you've thought about this too. They're like, man, if Cutler had been on this team, like it could have been pretty good. And actually, like anyone that was a Jay Cut, like watching Jay Cutler play for the Bears, cursed on a weekly basis that that man was trash. And he's he he is a trashy human being. That part that part caught up with him eventually with his with his football uh, playing. But anyway, yeah, the Bears got Rob and I were talking before the pod recording, uh-huh. but uh, Justin Fields very excited. It's the exciting. whole the the uh waypoint radio uh football family done, now has yeah. rookie quarterbacks to root for to convince themselves that this time yep. things could be different but at least at least in this situation <laughs> uh Austin has a super bowl in the in the recent memory even exactly. if even if I, the play, even if the plane crashed immediately after I would I, the thing is at
2: this point <laughs> I I would love the Eagles to get another uh, another super bowl victory obviously um, I, I genuinely think that we have a, a decent team. Um, I that's, say, what, that, that's what's said with the confidence no. of a thousand sons. you know, I genuinely but, think we have a decent but team. But at wow. this point, I'm, 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 you know, me, you know, that I'm, you know, that I'm a communist. I want to spread the <laughs> love around. I want I want a Bears victory or a Browns victory or a Vikings victory or or a Steelers victory. And I know oh, that no, saying that's Browns not, that's not, that's Steelers not. together stay is, of, is not, stay, it's not no
0: Vikings. Vikings stay out of the. I'm middle, sorry, middle.
2: but this is the, this is the thing. These are the people in my life. And somehow, okay. the people in my life turned out to all be rivals. <laughs> Football rivals. It's again. I said Browns and Steelers. At so That's already a rough one. There's sorry. no chance
0: the Vikings are going to be any good. So go ahead and feel like that could happen, but
4: that's no, that's it's
2: not gonna that's not gonna happen,
4: Austin. I think the Browns and Steelers is one of those rivalries that like people in Cleveland are like, yeah, we're going to no, get no. them Steelers. My,
3: I'm not my, sure. That's not the Bears sure the and Pittsburgh Packers. That's what Bears know. fans do. Like, this is the year <laughs> that we will
4: beat the
0: Packers. And it's never true. <laughs> except one year.
2: The The Steelers fans. Well, the one at least one of the Steelers fans I know is also like a diehard anti-Cleveland person. But mm. it's not. You're right. It's not the same. It's like. It's more the way a bully is in a a sort of orbit of their victim more than – The way two rivals fight, so it isn't. But there isn't. It isn't indifference. They like to win against the Browns. Oh, sure. They like to shove them into the locker. But I,
0: I but I I define more of my Bears fandom by uh, rooting for Packers fans being sad than Bears fans being happy. (laughs) happy. Because sure, it's like the greatest, the greatest day of every football season is watching the Packers lose in the playoffs because the Bears aren't aren't gonna get
4: there. Right. So like, yes, I I do have to comfort myself in that way, Uh, and I, I kind of. I do like the Packers organization in a lot mm-hmm. of ways, but mm-hmm. at the same time, like I'm kind of gleeful every year as I watch them <laughs> melt down over like, how could we have the best team and the best quarterback? And it yeah. still, it still goes so wrong. And now it appears to be going wrong on a really emotional, dramatic level for their franchise QB. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm real stoked for that. Um, <laughs> Cause it, mm. it is very much like, it's a bit. It's a bit like. Imagine Achilles is your quarterback. Like, he just wants to go sulk in his tent now. You drafted a quarterback.
2: Mm-hmm. Like he's not going to stick around for that. No, he's done. Um. Is- anyway. Cato, go ahead. Ask us just some, yeah, please. Some football uh, we're, we're hearing
0: from uh,
2: NFL <laughs> analyst
0: Ricardo, Ricardo Contreras, Contreras. is hey, on the line. Cato, what do you
3: got for us? Now, I literally had a question because I, <laughs> does, does, does Ravens, the, the Ravens, does the Ravens Steelers thing extend outside of Baltimore? Is that just Baltimore being really angry at Philly? No, that's, a, that's a classic rivalry. Okay. That's like cool. one of the best rivalry. Cool, rivalries cool, cool, in football, cool.
2: Well, Because it inherited the energy. Of the Brown Steelers. Right, by the right. of course. When that team was good. Because
4: to win that Super Bowl, uh, yes. that organization needed to leave Cleveland. We yes. didn't believe it at the time. We thought Modell <laughs> was a bastard for doing it. But it turns out, Art Modell just knew he needed
2: uh, to lead his
4: people out of twisting Cleveland. twisting the knife of
2: my father's back so hard right now, Rob. Like, uh, I wish I could my, call him, man. My I really players do. deserve to feel the light of God's love. <laughs> god incredible um yeah i i you know it's, it's it'll be football season soon enough it was fun to watch the it was fun to watch the draft if only because it's nice to see events happening on screen where multiple people are involved and there's mm-hmm. like a, a momentum you know it's like oh hey here's a here is a day here's a couple of days where there's like a thing going on in my life that isn't that makes it look different than the other days surrounding it incredible <laughs> I
4: still Um, found it damn near unwatchable, though. Like, Patrick, I know that you were like... I only watched the first round. I only
0: watched the first
2: round. I couldn't get... I couldn't... Oh, that's all I did.
0: I I, I turned it off after, you know, the the Bears picked. I was done. I was there Uh, for the drama (laughs) that I was personally invested in. and Then... Then, then my family was telling my, my daughter came sure. out and said, "Please be quiet. I'm trying to sleep." And I was like, "Well, I'm sorry. The Bears have traded with the Giants, <laughs> and Gettleman doesn't trade down." I'm sorry,
2: Jessica. Toddler. Excuse me. <laughs> Let me explain what drama is to you. Because Let we're me explain in some. That Dave
0: Gettleman, in his nine seasons as a GM across the Panthers and Giants, has never traded <laughs> has down.
4: Never. And it just down.
2: happened. Shook everything up. You know what? I'm I was happy with it. I'm gonna say. <laughs> I was saying, oh, like, oh man! But <laughs> the
4: thing that's keeping me up. At night is like so. We joke about Patrick's Trubisky trutherishness, <laughs> but I think my truther situation is that like it is the fact of coming to Chicago that is the deterministic element in a quarterback's fortunes. Like I cannot shake the sense that like a Mitch Trubisky who like gets picked up by Andy Reid turns into an elite quarterback in the NFL right. people are like, yes, man people that's just correct. didn't see
0: yeah people didn't see what Trubisky could do well inst- instead he he like there was no int- like the league actually decided no you you are so you are as bad as we like f- watched and felt him to be and all he could get was that the Bills squinted at him and said, "Well, you kind of look like a bad Josh <laughs> Allen, so I guess you can come here. Come on over. <laughs> um, in case he gets hurt. Uh, so yeah. actually, I think I think we have avoided like that that plot line, Rob. Because yeah, I believe me. Like that was where once you we went from thinking that the coach was really good to maybe the coach is really bad. It's like well, maybe they're just misusing you know his talents, and I think the rest of the league decided that maybe he doesn't. Just having like an old car." And showing up to like your, <laughs> you know, your 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 draft day, oh, interview yeah, but, does but not necessarily make you good.
4: The thing is, he's also now a guy who's been shaped by playing for the Bears for yep. like four years. That's mm-hmm. unfortunate. And so that's that's the thing where I'm like, I still wonder to this day, like, if Cutler hadn't come into Chicago and gotten the crap kicked out of him. Uh, oh sure, by situation matters. Yeah, not not every. It's it's rare the players can like yeah. fully. And so this is the thing, like situation. I look at Justin Fields. I'm like. I hope this work. I hope you can reverse the fortunes of a team by yourself. Because here's the thing: if it doesn't work that way, the team will reverse your fortunes, and that's <laughs> what scares me. For Justin Fields, yeah, is like that. The, there will be he will have his like I could have been a contender moment, and it will it will hinge on the Bears trading up to get him. And yeah. like that's you where think things they, went wrong.
2: Do you think they start him this season? Oh yeah, yeah, not at yeah. probably not. just to, to start, but yeah, eventually. Okay. okay, no,
4: I mean Matt Nagy is already saying like you know we're going to do it like we did in Kansas City with with Mahomes sure, and right. it's like mm-hmm. you don't have the credibility to sit on a good quarterback well it's less like
0: that people forget that Alex Smith went like 11 and 4 that year yeah. like if the bears if the bears somehow like sure. kept winning yeah they'd keep him on the bench and because there would be no call but like if they if they you know Three and three going into the buy, like <laughs> not coming out of the buy with with uh, the red rifle. I like guess it's, no. it's not. They're gonna snap, <laughs> we're gonna snap that gun in half and, uh, and 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 start over.
2: That's fair. All right. Okay. We should. We should right. somehow
0: somehow this started as Rob and I doing a <laughs> sidebar,
2: and then we started.
0: While my internet over was fucked up. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> started over the conversation in the pod. Anyway.
2: Listen. It was going to be either it's May fourth, so it was either going to be uh, uh, NFL draft talk or Star Wars uh. talk. And Rob and I have now cordoned that off on a different <laughs> podcast. So you, so it's safe over there. It won't infect us anymore. Damn. Um, Patreon.com slash civilized. That new episode this week's good. Uh, what do <laughs> y'all, y'all been playing? What do you want to talk about? What's what's sort of video? I want to talk about you what to you've been list? playing. I'm playing Returnal. I need
0: to. I need to know.
2: What do you? What do you need to know? <laughs> I just want to read what you, you want to know. What yeah, I'm I,
0: gonna, I, uh, I, we didn't talk about it because I was busy no, with my kids all weekend. But and yes. I didn't respond to your message. But the message you sent to me was Returnal is one of the strangest games I've ever played for sure. Which I don't. <laughs> I don't know I how, don't, how to read that. Mm, but I, I, I need I, to I know. keep trying <laughs> to
2: come up with a metaphor for this thing. And like, let me just say it straight first, instead of trying to like walk there with an analogy. Okay. This is a game that I love every second of playing Absolutely. every second that i'm playing it i'm loving it and deep into runs 4 hour mm-hmm. runs sometimes you know every I'm time like- you pull the trigger Every, every time, time you dodge, were dodging
0: through a set of bullets, uh, there like, are some weapons
2: is, I don't necessarily love. I, the shotgun
0: is uh, the shotgun I wish it felt better.
2: It, it fe- I think it feels good. It's just not good for this game where mm. you want to keep well, distance. Th- once you
0: escape the first area, it's like, well, I, I need to also escape this shotgun and never right, see it again. And
2: never see, unless it has the slug rounds update, which makes it like almost like a sniper rifle, where it, every time you shoot, it has like a single huge bullet that goes very far. Mm, that part, yeah. that one's good. That's a good update or an upgrade. Anyway, but then. It is also paced in a way that feels it's it's i'm trying to unpack everything about it because i would pick it up and play it right now if we weren't on call right now (laughs) i'd be happy to be playing this game um but the pacing on it is so wild because each run is so long i I think Um, there is you've talked about before but I, i i'm i'm working myself into a shoot in the sense that i'm like I kind of am, have wrapped the first time I, I played a long run of it and died I was fine. I like I mm. let me set this up. I come into this game as like an old school roguelike person who's put like dozens of hours into like Angband, um probably hundreds of hours into uh uh Stone Soup. Uh and so like there's like lots of In lots of old school roguelikes, you could play those games for a very long time. A run of rogue is very long, is hours long if you're playing cautiously. So I don't mind the idea of going into a thing and dying. I don't even mind the thing of going I don't even mind games that don't have um, progression between runs. Like that is like again, that was like my bread and butter for for roguelikes in a long time. So I'm in some ways I'm poised to really like it. But I do think that the intensity level of this game is so high moment to moment that a three-hour run in this feels like a 20-hour run in something else. Um, <laughs> and having that wiped stings a little bit more than it does in something else, especially when – and this is my, my actual complaints about this game or things that they better fix are things like I've had two crashes now.
5: Uh,
2: in yeah, the middle I've of heard, runs. I, was, I was just talking. And to, there's no save. Like Hades right. saves every time you go into a room. Right. And yes, that's exploitable to some degree, but it's not that exploitable. Well, they account, and,
0: they account for the exploiting. I mean, there are there are like edge cases, but in yes, Hades, for example, the moment you enter combat, you cannot. You can only quit the the run. The run. Um, yes. You if you enter into a room and even if you see enemies prior to engaging with them, you can save out and and and, and come back. And I believe you're also Aren't you capable of, like, starting a run over, but the only thing that will be the same is, like, the initial drop. Like, I think it's like, oh, you get a, a Zeus to begin. I forget – I was looking this up because I'm, like, trying to write a story about mm. how different roguelikes how this, handle, yeah, yeah. like, the save and quit functionality um, and and whether that's a design thing or, like, a resources thing. But um, I believe that that might be – I believe that's how Hades works when I was looking at it on, on, on Friday, but – um
3: yeah, it's it's, yeah, it's so, a requirement. So games
0: have have th- have these things, but also a lot of a lot of games that that either don't have them are often like quick quick run affairs in mm-hmm. which uh you know like I I never played Spelunky thinking that I needed to save and quit because like a lot of runs in that a were, run is <laughs> two a, minutes a successful or successful
2: <laughs> <or, laughs> run is under an hour in Spelunky right once you once you've so, got the rhythm of
0: the game right it, if, yeah, if, yeah, the totally. only time you're spending two plus hours in a lengthy Spelunky run is because you're doing the cautious exploratory yeah. like oh, the, I, that phase of it.
2: And I will say my runs and returnal have gotten shorter as I've gotten better. I'm right, but are they supp- are they now. supposed to?
0: Because that's that's also my problem with the game is that even though you have the ability, and this is solidified as of I don't a quick oh, sorry, distance. I don't
2: even mean I don't even mean I'm jumping ahead quicker. Right, I mean I'm running through areas quicker, partially because I have the grappling hook now, which just means I get better upgrades quicker. Right. Mm. Um, also because I spent way too long thinking I would get an upgrade for those stone doors that i didn't realize you don't get an upgrade there's just switches near those doors that open up and so i spent i spent such a long and i think that they tutorialized that right away and i just forgot it because there was so much going on um so that meant i like my longest best run i didn't get any of those stone gate upgrades which are important which are like there's just chests in there with good with weapons and with you know parasites and with Uh, artifacts and all the other shit that levels you up. So I'm saying even with the, even without the jump ahead mechanic, even without the going through the gateways to get to the second or third area, I, I've gotten better at getting through an area quickly. So that, that, that is happening. Um, but I, but I still think like, I, I keep thinking about this game, like a factory or like an assembly line where like every piece on the assembly line functions, right? Every, you know, lever is it has the right pull. It doesn't break ever. I mean, except for when it crashes. Um, All of the pieces fit together so perfectly, but it's a really long. But the the time to build a single thing is really long. And if it breaks, you got to start the whole process over again, which is fine because I like the process. And yet it doesn't fit into the thing that I think I'm bumping up into is it doesn't fit into video game coverage lifestyle. The, th- the place I think it actually works really well is I keep thinking if I was a streamer, I would eat this up because I would be able to do if I'm streaming for eight hours a day, I could do three or four runs but of this. But the thing. runs
0: don't change; the runs are flat in Returnal.
2: Like they, See, do- I'm having, I, I'm having, I am having distinct runs based on like parasite builds. I, shit, I, I, I like, know, but I'm just saying, I reel. think that changes a- on
0: the margins relative to your average. Mm. Roguelike. Like I think of any other yeah. like popular roguelike in the last five five years, whether you're running the slate of rogue lightish, you know, on the rogue legacy side yeah. to the more, you know, the harder core stuff that that people stream. Um like but- there is <laughs> just there's variation in the run. And I I'm not I'm not arguing that you aren't having like different builds, but I think if you were like if you play another, you know, twenty hours of the game and, and finish it or whatever, yeah. And then yeah. you were to, and you were to like put into an Excel spreadsheet what all your builds were, and then like look at it online. That there, I suspect be it mostly hadn't changed. Like it's right, it's right. it's roughly the same. You're just getting a little further. There's definitely like a good more. builds, right? There, there are. are the there there
2: like, are the good. This is my build where I'm healing on kills. This is correct. my build where I'm I'm building out like uh, poison damage builds and stuff like that. So that stuff is there, but but I do think that like. Uh, because it's such a high tense, a high, high intensity game, um, I do. I do move towards like, okay, well, this pistol is just good. I don't know that I want to try this new gun that I got because I know this pistol just works. Um, And I think that sort of stuff does limit my, like, the breadth of experimentation. But then at the same time, I think about going into the daily challenges where you're getting very unique builds and how distinct some of that stuff is. So I know that there is the capability for that stuff to be really varied and and strange. The the, the the dailies will feel like a fundamentally
0: different game sometimes, like where, like, oh, you're taking, you know, damage Upon fall, oh, like every enemy is going to spawn a toxic, uh, you know. See, but uh, that's something's
2: happening in my game anyway. It can't. I'm it can't. I just mean
0: it, but it takes when it takes ninety minutes to get there. Um, yeah, that's like, a, that's like <sighs> a big ask to to get to to that point. Um, I think I'm.
2: I think i My spin up time doesn't feel as bad as yours does. I feel like I'm getting to the game a little bit quicker for some reason. Um, and I don't, I, you know, or, or or that spin up time doesn't hurt me as much, doesn't feel as, as, as draining. I think more importantly, the, the, the bigger thing for me is I I started this game in like through the first five runs. I was like, yeah, these runs are too long. This structure is bad. Um, for people who don't know the overall structure of the game, which I'm going to spoil here because I think it's worth saying out loud. So people don't, like I went in thinking I read there were six biomes and that each one was going to take me. If each one was going to take me one to two hours, that's a fucking long run to try to get through, right? Without dying. My my understanding is if you beat the third biome, you get into a second act of biomes. So it's one, two, three, then four, five, six. Mm. Um, and so then four, five, six is different areas, I believe. And then that's a different. You have to get through those three. Um, and then there is like some extra stuff you can do as kind of a new game plus or a post-game true ending type thing that I don't know the answer to. I just know it's out there. Um, and I came into it thinking, one, it was a six-level six, six level run, which would have been, you know, at the starting times, I was doing a 10 to 12 run. You'd be doing the full run. game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And be like, oh, my God, this seems impossible. Um, then two, uh, I, I, at that point, I was like. I think these runs are just too long, but something broke in me over the weekend while I was playing it and really enjoying it, which was, is this what it feels like to hit a new model and to reject a model intuitively because it doesn't fit what I get from other action games, which is something short and, and consumable um, where where my progress is is straightforward and constant. Um, versus this where, like, the hard reset is a hard reset. Yes, you're unlocking the – it's Dead Cell style. You're unlocking the, the possibility of finding new stuff more than you're unlocking new stuff to start with, obviously. Um, and I kind of just I, – I, I've kind of made peace with – I'm kind of happy that one of these is having as big of a splash as it's having in terms of finding an audience. So we can pause. I think that a lot of that audience, some of that audience – has been, like, extremely shitty uh, and can fuck off. Uh, the, the well, there's there's one, a very
0: much, like, console war mentality applied to – in which people I, are, like, advocating for the game to a degree that is, sucks. like, far beyond how they actually feel about well, it. And, and is more and about it's, just making a point.
2: It's, it's it's right. So, like – and it's, it's across a bunch of different spectrums, right? It's the people who say, even though this game has problems crashing and erasing multi-hour runs, there shouldn't be a save function because that would dumb the game down in some way, which is, like – which is like there shouldn't be difficulty, you know, sliders in Dark Souls times a thousand. The idea that there shouldn't be a, a way for you to save the game, turn off your system, and like go make dinner is absurd. Or, or just
0: like, I actually, I only have fifteen minutes. I'd like right? to like go check my garden in near.
2: Right. I, that's that's nope. the actual that's literally the thing I was doing right I was like well I can't I'm it is 11 p.m I would like to be in wind down mode I would like to go check out this my garden in near and see if my lunar tier yeah, is like I' is finished in
0: yet. this biome I'm good I'm like I'm good. I can, I'll pick this up uh, just let me, or just know.
2: let me do it whenever I'm in a at a um a teleport place they're all right. over the place those places are safe when you can use them let me save there Uh, And don't let me don't let me save that save if I load that save delete that save automatically or whatever, but just like let me do it and don't get more importantly that audience getting mad about that is like off the wall. And then of course, yes, the console warriors who have often been egged on by like reactionaries in the game space. To literally go after people like Dia for writing a negative review of the game can extremely fuck off. Both the audiences and the the people like Kyle Moriarty who are like sending uh, uh, his audience at people like Dia. It's it's so frustrating to see the same playbook trotted out again and again and again, um, especially for something that is like, hey, this is kind of this is just a neat game. And like that should be the end of it. But everyone's identities are caught up in it so much and, of course are are they position themselves oppositionally to anyone who wants to ask a single interesting question about video games instead of just like hey does the shooting feel good it's 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 depressing that that's something that I'm enjoying a lot it's depressing that it's happening full stop and, and uh, also uh, I should like
0: credit to like house Mark. period like, they, they they're not appear to be engaged. like the there was a reddit thread um in which one of the popular threads was a fan being you know a player being like hey, mm-hmm. Like people should stop being so toxic about folks asking for just the ability to like save out of a run and come back to it like Mark put on their Twitter, like, hey, we're aware of this, like, people should, you know, yeah. stop acting like this, like, and we're monitoring how players are reacting and, like, you know, it's like they're not, like, turning around and being, you know, like, actually, all these people who make, are making a fairly reasonable request are shitty non-gamers. Yeah. Like, I don't right. know that they're going to implement. we've seen
2: happen before. We've sure. seen don't, that exact there, style response. There,
0: there would be. be a financial and ideological, like, uh, and cultural reason to double down on that, because it probably would benefit the game more to take that, to stake out that position than it would be to um, say actually like, you know, someone wants to check out, you know, their garden in near <laughs> should maybe be able to do that in the middle of a, uh, you know, a long run where they're being I mean, meticulous. I think smartly.
2: I think the smart long-term play is to like not listen to these extremely loud, angry Reddit fans and to pay attention to like your own numbers and which will, which will reveal that I bet the people who are mostly playing this game are like encountering crashes are are the sorts of folks who do want saves who are like pausing into rest mode often stuff like that which would which will tell you Hey, it would be good to support those people and not just the people who are screaming about shit on the internet, you know? Yeah. Um the point is I actually really like it and 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 if I can find an excuse, I might end up streaming. If I can find an excuse, my internet works and my Elgato still works. <laughs> uh, I will I might try to stream some of it. Yeah. Sometime I want to like it more. I
0: think that's the this weird spot of me where I'm what like. Do you, you, that- what do you
2: think of the the narrative stuff? Because that stuff, the like eh. the, the affected Ripley voice, the like A24 sci-fi <laughs> horror trauma story.
0: It, you know, I, I guess I'll see where it lands, but I'll like, they could, it, it could not be in the game and I don't know that it would change like, mm-hmm. like anything for, like, it doesn't move the needle for me, like po- in a positive or, or yeah. negative way. I'm like, that i seems I'm, bad like, though. I, I guess, but like, that's not what I play these games for, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, in, in, in the same way that, uh, you know, Austin and I are different on this point, but like. You could strip most of the narrative out of like the Souls games, and like right, I'm right. mostly there for the aesthetic and, and the fights. Like you it want a roll that feels good. It and really like a doesn't good move. Sword stick. attack. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't really move the needle for me because it's not like what I'm playing for. That and, and even in Hades, a game in which I I pray I really like all the story stuff they did. If they took it all out, it wouldn't have moved. I, that would still have been my game of the year because the reason I'm there is for this incredibly good, smooth, wonderful action game, and that's the parts in, in Returnal where that I, I, I momentum anytime i'm in a run even in a run that's going poorly or i'm telling myself like i don't want to do this again in the moment i'm having such a it's fucking so, blast and so then i yeah. think what i what i'm struggling with is that that climb back up and so what i've decided is to put the game on pause and then mm-hmm. i'm in the you know middle of playing Resident Evil and it's like well i'll come back see what they like initial response is from the studio and if they if they're not going to fundamentally change it i'll probably still play it and pick it up but I'm like I'm so curious to see what the initial like they turned off a major feature in the game right as I started reviewing it uh, or you know playing it for for coverage was that um, when you die in the game uh, like players' bodies are supposed to be mm-hmm. distributed throughout the the biomes and you can walk up to a body of a of a player who died and you can choose to uh, quote avenge them which basically means that when you approach them. You can uh, you can get a bunch of ether um, and a good weapon drop. From oh, an wow. enemy that spawns. There's, like, a Lovecraftian, like, tentacle monster that will right, appear right, right. as a player. Like, like a
2: malignant whatever. Right? Yeah,
0: they're, like, a pain in the ass to fight the first time, and then you realize, like, a lot in that game, like, just strafe properly, and, yeah. like, you'll be okay. <laughs> and, and But, it, 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 like, I, I remember in one of my early runs, I ran into one early, and I got, like, an excellent, like, above-grade weapon drop, like, from finding that in the first room. And it also allows you to stack ether in a way that I think it feels like it's meant to balance out. Do you not want to do the dailies? Yeah. Um, because then there's still a way to, like, engage with a mechanic that will get you a bunch of ether that you can start stacking. And ether um,
2: can buy – ether is the thing that carries over from run to run. You yes. can unlock new uh, equipment types for for them to drop. The to to clear and to cur- clear a
0: cursed chest. Um,
2: and most importantly, you can get a, a second life with them. You can find yes. those, those, like – um, weird scanners. Uh, scan like Prometheus scan- <laughs> scanners. Yeah, yeah, Promethean scanners uh, is the best and, way to describe and, it. It and, looks and like a cyber demon. A second is, life. Yes.
0: <laughs> it's sketched into the to the stone tablet. And it
2: looks like a cyber demon's run through the wall like in a Looney Tunes <laughs> cartoon. Uh, Rob, you did have a question.
4: Well, yeah, I mean like I'm familiar with Patrick's general stance on game narrative. Uh but the fact that this game, the vibe I get, is that mm-hmm. it does have aims of being like, yeah, it's it's rogue adjacent, but also it's spooky it's it's meant to have like an eerie vibe, and i'm I'm like to me, it seems like a problem if that isn't engaging at all that like the the game might not be carrying off its vibe, but maybe I'm just overestimating how much it does want to have that sort of
2: yeah, you know, it eerie wants to have horror it. Adjacent feel it wants to have it and there are uh, there are moments that work for me more than than for Patrick, not really the house stuff. Which you'll get pretty early yeah. on. There's a yeah, house the, that you go the, the into. The kind of PT ish stuff is,
0: is yeah. sort of whatever. Um,
2: it's 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 I, the story they're telling seems interesting. Generational, you know, relationship between a mother and a daughter, and and the ways in which people, blah blah blah. You know, like it's it's that right. um The stuff that's working for me more is the logs, the audio logs that you find um uh the best one that i've heard so far uh this is going to be again a minor spoiler from the second level but like i want to talk about this game it's been out for a little bit people are playing it um there is in the second level the the premise is you're in this kind of open desert that then leads to a mountain uh and you climb the mountains like the the facility inside of this this or inside of and around this mountain and these cliffs um and i found an audio log that was like you know uh it's your voice the audio logs are all your character voicing things from other runs that have theoretically happened or will happen because you're stuck in this cycle of, of return um and uh in it she she goes from being she's like I understand now what why these people have been driven to rage these are the people who failed to ascend the mountain and in failing you know with, with such uh, importance associated with the act um, they've lost who they are but I won't I'm I'm destined to climb this mountain. And like for the first time in any of these she gets this like very strange tick in her voice in which she ends up saying basically like I am the chosen one here and <laughs> she's a gamer. She's a gamer. And then the, <laughs> the, the 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 her in the present is like that's not that's not who I am. What happened to make me like that? Um, and yeah, the answer is uh, the uh, a house mark added saves, and then she said, "No, I won't download the update. I'm going to do it. I'm a true gamer. <clears throat> I'm going to ascend without saves." Um but, but that stuff works for me. The sort of like what's happening with this ancient alien species? Why is this planet like that? Finding their old artwork and putting <laughs> planet, together. Why are you
4: like this
2: planet? Why are you like this? I mean, I I like that
0: stuff. Like I I I that I, 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 mean, I, I it. enjoy finding. It. I just don't.
2: Again, it's not it's like
0: a motivator. My, my, well, my measure is just if that wasn't there, and I just had the creepy environments with none of the additive like storytelling bits. Like you know, but you At don't the end get of the, day- the, the thing
2: is the creepy environments are storytelling bits. Like the version sure. of this that isn't that isn't that doesn't have story it looks like Super Stardust, except your like a little, it looks like Res, right? And Res has story is has story, but it doesn't have the sort of, it doesn't isn't character first but like imagine a version of this that just looks like the rest of their games and you're jumping around and techno music is playing i think I it's a transformative game.
0: like in Hades i do think it's even though like i know what i want so i go into those games and that's what it is what it is i don't think it was like transformative to Hades i don't know that it's it's transformative mm-hmm. as original that's that said, i'm glad it's there i think that i think more people are trying this game because it's yes. present because yeah. i think the existence of any kind of storytelling is a motivating factor
2: for Players to try, But I don't you know, think it's going to do the thing Hades does, which is, like, it gets a lot of players over the hump. Also, because it's just way harder than Hades. Um, yes. I will say, I, the thing I do want to note, and I think this is actually really smart on their side, is I think that it's a game that intimidates mo- as much, if not more, than it harms or than it hurts you. Um, I think the designers have done a really good job of making every enemy seem like it's always going to fuck you up immediately. But they're yeah. actually again like arcade games are there or are there are there are there kind of foundation and this has that same thing of like um, if an enemy is in front of you, it's going to attack you once every seven seconds or something like that. It feels like it's going to attack you every second, but it's actually on, like, a timer, effectively, where it's going to shoot its blue, the blue energy balls at you, or it's going to charge up a laser and shoot it at you, or it's going to jump at you. But it happens at kind of a slow pace, and getting good at this game is often about not burning down a single enemy, but juggling the ones who are about to attack you or knowing or knowing when to burn one down and, like, knock it out of the, out of the fray, but trying to remain as calm as possible and as distant as possible so that you can like you said always be strafing dodging incoming attacks well and And the the most
0: fun is when the the the, i my favorite arenas are in the first yeah i've only played the first two biomes but the the first Mm -hmm. biome where you'll it'll spawn in like the area will lock where and the areas occasionally lock and it's going to spawn like a like a mid boss or like a kind of a supercharged enemy Mm -hmm. um and sometimes it'll just be that enemy on on their own, but uh, frequently there is a version of this where one of the main enemy types in the in like kind of the jungle uh, a biome is I uh, I don't know, like a tentacle tiger, basically. <laughs> like yeah. they kind of leap around and they're, they're they're fast. And you'll come into an area and there's like ten of them. And I love the one where you'll you'll kind of get ten of them uh, spawned around this area, and then you'll get the supercharged enemy in the center. And you really don't have time to deal with them, and you just kind of have to like circle around <laughs> slowly, <laughs> taking out the, the the tigers. Or the I love um, it's a tiny thing that doesn't happen every time. Sometimes the mid boss spawns in immediately, and you're just dealing with everything in front of you. And then the game frequently does, or I guess to say, occasionally does a different thing, where like this or like kind of metallic orb material is just kind of like gyrating in the center of yeah. the arena, and it's basically a countdown. It's like, hey, you have a minute to clear as much of what's already here before the boss, like the mid-boss like drops in. And it's basically like a silent timer, like in, an, in a different arc, like a more transparent arcade game, there would just be 30, 30 seconds, seconds, like, yeah. Bong, <laughs> Bong, <laughs> Bong. and like that is happening. And you see the metallic material changing. Like it's taking shape as like the, the creature is being sort of like summoned or spawned into the area. Um, and you're like looking at your mini map, like trying to find like the one, you know, and Cthulhu tiger that's like evaded <laughs> you. Uh, and I, I really enjoy I, that stuff is is great. Those are like really fun encounters that even when you've done them for the tenth time, like the the mechanics or like the the behaviors of the creatures are interesting like they they really yes. use elevation this, is, this well, is what i
2: mean when i say the story is in the artistic design of the game yeah in some for ways, sure you for sure I mean? like, like the world that, is that's, there i know that, what you that, mean.
0: that's and like that that's where i get the interest more yes, than yes. you know uh like you know finding you know another uh, going into like, a new
2: biome and being like what is the new enemy type here is yes. extremely fun the first time you fight a kind of humanoid enemy in the second biome has like a, a really good like moment attached to it. Yeah, um, yeah. and that stuff is cool. It's like, it's like a random one that you
0: find like total, in that, that, that moment total. when you're just like, Oh, that's not a, like in, in return, <laughs> when, when you finish a boss, <laughs> you don't have to fight them again. It's just a, it's optional. You, you can seek them out, but yeah. you don't have to, yeah. you don't have to do it again to pass through to the next area. Um, but then realizing, like, yeah, that encounter you're talking about, because I don't want to spoil it, because it's kind of a, a world building mm-hmm. beat, um, is like, oh, you'll just enter into a room, and it's like, oh, they're just a mid boss, like, yeah. oh, there are seven other enemies in here, and then also one uh, of that these. one, great. and maybe even two uh, of
2: these sometimes. It's great, oh. I love it, love to have to juggle these motherfuckers. Um, anyway, I, I'm really enjoying it, and 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 we'll see how how I am very curious to see how they respond to the success. Um, I think it's success. It seems like it's success. It seems like it's talked about, but I don't know. It, are there enough PS5s in the world at this point for it to be as big of a success as? It needs to be. Who could say? It, pro-
0: it probably needs to be less. Like you know, this is where you know, setting aside like you know, the you know, games being seventy dollars and yeah. where that falls, mm-hmm. you know, in the larger conversation. I you know. Does it need to be as much of a success when it's has a high price point and right? You know, like sure. I don't know. I don't know where that lands you know just is is this is a days gone situation where the game's in development for you know so many years and then it doesn't make enough money to justify the sequel like this game probably has a lower Patrick, if more people would
2: have just bought that game not used
0: i said you know i feel like every time i say days gone i'm just gonna like end up like signaling three more days gone fans (laughs) to send me really weird long emails like (laughs) quite literally nothing else i've written has made as much of an impact as saying i didn't like Days Gone. I don't know if, like if like, it's it, it, like, comes through. You like the zombie kids. Yeah. Uh-huh. Which, I don't know if it's like in the SEO weirdly, right? Like, am I just getting like people who, who Google right. it? And, it, but like, I, you know. And again, it's fine. People could send the feedback they want. It's just Days Gone, like, fanatics. Like, just every six months, I get They're a deranged there. comment from a Days Gone fan. Uh, enjoy your game. It looks yeah. great on PS5. Leave me
4: alone. Well, yeah, but I feel like that one, it's a bit like... The game winning drive came up just like five yards short, basically, like they were so close, like we could have more days gone. We'd love this game. If more (sighs) Mm -hmm. people had gotten it from day one, like more people would have gotten into it and understood how great it was. And so now there's this like you're out there living your life and years after the fact, someone shows up at your farmhouse. And it's like, you have to answer for days gone, Patrick. And <laughs> well, you're like, maybe, what?
0: Then maybe the last person like, who said it was a great value add to PlayStation franchise. Plus should have paid full price for it when it fucking came out.
5: <laughs> God.
0: See, that's
4: a that's an oh. example of how developers can create a more toxic culture. Yes. Yes. <laughs> also, that yeah. dude isn't
2: on that team anymore. Just to like, not subtweet this, uh, someone who was on that team went on a went on another developer's youtube stream uh and and talked a bunch of shit about people who pirated Days Gone which no one was I think I already said this on this podcast those people weren't going to buy Days Gone the people who pirated nope. Days Gone were not like should I should I give this game my money no they were not that uh and then and and also said it don't you know people who say they like it cuz they got it on PS Plus like you should have bought it at full price when it first came out show games you love Show, you know, support games you love. And it's like, that's not, no one had played it yet. They, they couldn't have know. loved it. They didn't know. And all the reviews are <laughs> pretty bad. Pretty mediocre. Not bad. Yeah. So I should just say, fuck that guy specifically. I know that there are people on that team who are like trying to build something else now at this point probably. Uh, and don't need that, don't need that heat. Yeah, I actually
0: not- would have liked to have seen it days. Like there, there I saw, I, you, I played, playing that game, I saw the blocks of something more interesting. It's just the, yes. you know, the thing that yes. came out. It 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 felt, you could see, oh, this was a long strained game like development process yes. um that uh you know it resulted in it took something its,
2: took its cost yeah really it took its toll
0: on the
5: overlooked watching about
2: days gone <laughs> I will say that I have a little bit of I have a little bit of like I bounce off that game extremely hard, but I've always I, I, I have rooted for that team because I think it couldn't have been easy to making to be making a zombie game for first party Sony. In the shadow of Last of Us, especially given the ways in which those two games ended up being positioned and, like, It was also a a
0: much smaller team with far fewer resources in which I, over the course of that game's development, I heard, you know, some of the ways that game was made involved, like, outsourcing, like, what otherwise would have been – I can't speak to anything specifically because it's been long since I've heard about it. But, like, the kinds of things that you would think, oh, they would clearly build that in-house, Right. They didn't. And right. like it was it was worked on by, you know, outside resources, Um, I think speaks to the ambition of the game, but also how something would end up. There's a reason you do that stuff. Yep. Um, The reason you, you export things like art and then like work on mechanics. Um, You know, there are all sorts of problems with that, <laughs> you know, that process, <laughs> you know, go. What was the hour? That makes me want to shout out the video that uh, who did that great video from a couple of months oh, back. Uh, Austin, Chris, you tweeted about it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh um, Yeah. Yeah. Great one. Um, interviewing uh, a bunch uh, of folks that worked on like, you know, outsourced uh art and how fucked up and and bad that uh world is and how many games that you play rely on that for their is, games to uh, be.
2: Produced. YouTube, uh people make games is the name of, yep. of the channel from them. And then it's uh how how game publishers buy crunch overseas. Um it was from two months ago. Two months ago today. Shout outs to to Chris Bratt and uh, Annie Sayers, who did a good job on that one. Uh, we take a break and come back and talk about some some other video games that aren't? Yeah, give me a few
4: minutes to uh figure out who I can blame for there not being more order games. Um I think that that'll be my new bit is just carrying a grudge out for the order.
2: Um and let me just Oh uh, you know, I never uh, finished it. Uh, Rob, let me let let really, go over to Metacritic and see who sinned. <laughs> let's see here. Meta uh let's see. Uh I wonder if anyone who reviewed that game is still even reviewing games at this point they're all probably consultants at this point that's uh uh-huh yep that's what i that's what i would suggest that's what i would suspect rather from big from bigger places anyway huh weird i wonder why people leave the world of reviewing video games (laughs) Mm. this fucking place all right let's take a break No, Metascore, Metacritic isn't too bad, Rob. It's pretty bad, though. It's
1: pretty <laughs> bad. It's no Paddington. It's
2: it's no Paddington. The Paddington Two, the now uh, the yeah. greatest movie greatest of all movie time, of all right? Time. I should watch those movies. I hear those movies are good.
0: Yeah, I've heard, I've heard they're yeah, I've heard they're really good. I tried to watch <laughs> one of them with Jessica. And she got bored like fifteen minutes. Damn! And, um, wow. So I guess I guess maybe can I submit this review to Met? You'll even it out. You're yeah. a critic. Yeah. Made
4: uh huh. Well, well, well. But bag. this is my old friend Kill Screen. Let's see what they had to say.
2: Okay, that's a GoDaddy parks domain. <laughs>
5: oh.
2: oh no! Uh, well, I'm glad Ooh. they're paying GoDaddy since they didn't pay their writers. Ooh. Ooh. I don't fucking have any. I'm Shit. listen. Leave it in. No, I uh, just didn't know the fuck. the people. I mean, some right I mean, let me be very clear. Allegedly. <laughs> a lot of writers got paid over the course of it, but also, uh-huh. allegedly, a lot of writers uh, left that place with uh, unpaid invoices and, uh, well, and bad relationships. Well, their pay was extremely low. Yeah, like, yeah but listen, I've gone, like, I've gone through we, that. I've gone through that. I've I, i, I I've been the writer who gets paid jack shit to write really good pieces for sites because their budgets are bad. I, I think there's even a line between that and then straight up not paying your people. That is...
4: No, I, I agree, but I'm saying like, in retrospect, everything seems, like, of a piece with Kill Screen, kind yeah. of, which was, like, there were a lot of folks who, like, got behind that really idealistically. Um, who did great work. Kind of felt like, in the end, it was a brand-building exercise for not Kill uh-huh. Screen.
2: Not for, nope, uh-huh. Sometimes you just want to pad your CV, I guess. Um. Anyway, Jeff Grubb says, The Order 1886 is the best game from ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> See? Jeff's good people. <laughs> I mean, he wrote that when the game came out. That was that was a diss. Rob. Damn.
4: <laughs> oh, he didn't say that. Like he didn't say
2: that. to his review. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that one. <sighs> all right. I, look, well, I was trying
4: to. I, I was. <laughs> I was trying to like not be alarmed.
2: Yeah, I get you. <laughs> we all listen. Here's the truth. We all <sighs> love the shit we love. If we if you do it with an open eyes to like the way in which you understand why other people might not click with it it is what it is you know Mm -hmm. we had that question last week about about games that we love that other people don't don't like you know and that's also i realized oh yeah was rob did rob miss that one rob was was rob not on yeah rob we're gonna make you answer this question um, now what's a game that uh that that he just did (laughs) oh right the order 1886 (laughs) yeah no but what's
4: (laughs) Was the question:
2: It was basically like, what is a game that you like that people ru- routinely dislike? I think this was someone who wrote in about Balan Wonderworld, basically saying like, I really like this game. Why? You know, is there something uh, that that? Yeah, what game do you think is fantastic despite critical reception being extremely negative?
4: Yeah, no, this is a pretty good one. I think that's a, yeah, because otherwise, because it, it, it can't be like what's a game that people just didn't care about or didn't engage with at all? Because mm-hmm. like, then I'd be like, let me tell you of Kohan and Immor- the Immortal Sovereigns. I mean... And that's real I mean, good. Like, that, that was. Yeah, I rem-
0: oh, man, I remember... You know, wow, I remember the people... The yeah, Really like... Yeah, the four... Yeah. But also, Dude, isn't, isn't isn't critical to this question, it can't just be that critics dumped on it. Or like, blonde Wonderworld is a game that... Every, like, that there was also a mass audience. Yeah, like, it, this- it has to be... You have to be truly isolated on an island. It can't just be that you know, the, the critics didn't care for it, but like, cause day's gone. Like the critics didn't care for it. And it, it amassed like a, a fan base, like fairly quickly that like it grew over time. But I feel like that one was like, you know, uh, there was a, a split on, on that one. Whereas like blonde Wonderworld was very much like everyone was holding hands as, the, as they like threw it off the cliff.
2: <laughs> it's like the opposite of giving your energy for the spirit bomb. <laughs> <Is> everyone <laughs> Lifting someone up on their shoulders and throwing them off the cliff. Just uh-huh. a ritual purging. Yeah. Of this game. Um, I realized also I gave like I gave I I think I said during the answer to that question last week was like, I think we have to go back to like Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis era of of stuff for me. But I really skipped over shit like Gun Valkyrie for the Xbox. That I was like, this game's good. I don't know why it reviewed so poorly. We well, keep talking would,
0: about the controls to this game. Actually, <laughs> really intuitive.
2: They're actually super. Yeah, exactly. That was exactly me. Or every FromSoft game before FromSoft was popular that I liked. You know, all the Armored Core games, like Ninja Blade, a Togi. I guess people kind of liked the Togi, right? Did people like a Togi? A togi
0: actually got yeah of that like trio of like. Xbox exclusive, like you know, there's a handful during that era that they like just paid for. Um, (laughs) Otogi had like a, it it looked spectacular at the time. So I think I think that game actually compared to some compared to a Gun Valkyrie, I think Otogi came like Otogi has been one of those games that I didn't play at the time and have just quietly waited for it to get a remaster. They should Um, remaster
2: Otogi. That's what they should do. Anyway, anyway not.
0: Elden Ring is maybe not coming out until after March 2022. So we're oh, yeah, I'm I sure. Don't, I, don't work on the Atogi is, remaster. Like just finish Elden Ring. Yeah.
2: Did you see, the recent Elden Ring daily update was uh, they added game game GameStop got new cardboard Elden Ring uh uh things. Elden Ring like standees, but that. it just it's just the text that says Elden Ring. So it's not like it's wow. nothing. There's no new art, but. I did, I did
0: a, uh, I, uh, last week one? I did a Elden Ring daily update. If you want to read me, read directly from a quote from an email from a source that I asked about Elden Ring, then go, go watch the <laughs> Elden Ring daily update that I did for <laughs> April 28th. I think that might've been, I think that was the date that I,
2: damn, did. apparently six seconds of Elden Ring, uh, yeah, new, it's yesterday. new footage from, Shut it's the
0: new fuck footage up. from the same, same leet shit. It's got That's the same watermark. That's so funny. Um, Yeah, okay. I'm not gonna look at it. If that game's not coming out it's summer twenty
2: twenty two. It's also six seconds. I'm not that desperate. You know (laughs) Mm. this is like me and
4: the like the the countdown, like we're going to release snippets of the new judgment trailer. (laughs) And I'm like,
2: I'll just wait. I'm good. (laughs) You have to finish that game still. Have you have you where are you at on it at this point?
4: Uh I haven't played it much in the last week because I got into something else. Ah. You get into yeah. classic Rob zackney <laughs> 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 So, Rob yeah, Zacconi, Kohan, like, immortal
2: sovereigns, <laughs>
4: <laughs> dude. I can't. I brought, I brought Kohan up once, and uh, I was talking to Bob Coleco, uh, who's ex game, uh, GameSpot, uh, and has worked in marketing around the industry for a while. And he was like, "Oh Jesus Christ, you Kohan people! Like, apparently, <laughs> even back in like GameSpot, like." 10 years, 15 years ago, Kohan people were a weird, weird cult where he was like, nobody
2: gave a shit about it but them, and mm-hmm. they would never shut up about it, Um, which... Is Everyone else is too busy playing, like, uh, Warcraft 2 or whatever, right? They're, they're contemporaries.
4: Yeah. So... And that's why... That's probably why the RTS is...
2: No, they're not actually. Warcraft... Th- was Warcraft 3 more contemporary? Yeah, that that would actually explain a it.
4: lot.
0: So it's yeah. like after Total Annihilation, right? Yeah, So get, trying to think here's through. the issue. This is the thing.
4: Kohan, I will admit this. Kohan looks <laughs> it like looked, it is a contemporary it does. of games it was not contemporaneous with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I no think wonder. if you compare it to its actual contemporaries, its lack of appeal becomes a little less mysterious. Yeah. <laughs> but that's because people like... Oh, now we all love the sprites. Ooh, pixels. <laughs> Give me more. But here comes beautiful little Kohan <laughs> with its handsome little 2D sprite beautiful, art. Beautiful Kohan. And people like, fuck this game.
2: <laughs> uh, I wish we could bring back, what was the video series we used to do where we had to talk about a game for like four minutes, which is no time at all to talk about a game? Those were so good. What was that called? What was that series? Remember, Vice or, Guide right? to Games. Right? Vice Guide to Games. Yeah, Guide to Games. That was a that was a brand that we sort of did stuff with. <laughs> Oh my god. One day we'll tell the whole story about how why we did so much weird short form stuff. I mean the story is the people who were here at the time thought long form videos for games wouldn't do well and no matter how many times we pointed at like three-hour-long video essays on YouTube from people who, like, did super deep dives on, on games that seemed like no one would care about, and they got millions of views. Look. Uh, people here were just like... And these people are all gone now. We're just like, no, we think you need videos to be under five minutes to get an audience. <laughs> um, anyway. They the were fun I could do. have made my five-star runtimes pitch.
4: That's the thing. I need oh, to, like, put, need to put me in, coach. Yeah. yeah. Okay, <laughs> now I know we're a games website, but what if... 18 hours on Jane Austen adaptations,
2: huh? Huh? <laughs> those, those Is that numbers? Numbers. That's uh, I mean, you know, it depends on how you're counting. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> what have you actually been p- playing, Rob? Uh,
4: So, I have... Judgment just really put me in the mood to hit things with bats. Hmm. And so, it was time to get into MLB The Show 21. Ah, okay, good. And let me tell you about the real Dark Souls of baseball. Um, trying to be a two way player, ah, so sure. here's a little bit of background two way players guys who were like both like pitchers and powerful power batters, power hitters mm-hmm. were common enough in baseball's infancy uh Babe Ruth was a great pitcher before he was known as a renowned slugger, but like mm-hmm. this was kind of a pretty common archetype in the earliest days of baseball, like a hundred years ago. And then everything gets specialized, as often happens, and this type of player becomes much more rare, Um, doesn't get completely eliminated, but it just becomes much harder for people to make a go of it being good at stuff like that. Um, And usually there'll be a push at some point to specialize uh, people in what they are best at. Because uh, you'll see the the highest returns for. That kind there's of a sport. player in MLB right now. Otani, Patrick. Yeah. Yes, okay. he's yes. that's the thing. He's Shohei Otani is extremely yeah. has fine. brought it back. Yeah, uh-huh. admittedly, <laughs> admittedly, there was an injury like right away. We were like, uh-huh. this is really exciting. I hope <laughs> uh-huh. the physical toll of this really strenuous type of play doesn't catch up with I, catch like, up with him.
2: People should understand how hard pitching is. Have you ever personally been like friends with someone who's pitched, even at like the high school level? Like I think it's easy to assume like you just get out there and throw the ball a little bit. But oh, they're the, only out
0: there for four innings. Yeah. Ooh, <laughs> exactly. Three days off. But like a, Jesus a major
4: Christ. surgery is a routine part of a pitcher's life. Tommy mm-hmm. John surgery is just gonna happen.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just a question of when. The recovery is the recovery period between games is wild. Anyway, I'll let yeah. you get back to talk. Tell me about so this. Is why this is why we don't get many uh, two way yeah, players in baseball,
4: but. But, like, I think a few years ago you would have said this is basically just not a thing. Right. And now, like, there's two things with Otani. One is that he genuinely is really, really good uh, yeah. at, like, at playing both both ways. But two, people discovered, like, fuck, this is exciting. People yeah. love to see this. Like, it's a great story. Um, And so I was like, I, too, can be a two-way player <laughs> cool. in MLB The Show, which is, it's a career fantasy whatever who gives a sure shit. I'll be a yeah, yeah, yeah of course um the game is really aggressively trying to encourage me to maybe specialize <laughs> like yeah the game knows what I'm doing like so the way MLB the show 21 works I, I, t- I didn't play it for a couple of years there so I don't know how much of this is new the career mode now has a ton of little fake sports tv segments uh where like it's got real pandemic era sports casting vibes where you have two people clearly in their home offices uh-huh. talking about the events that are happening in the fictional league uh in 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 the show and as as after you create your player and you sort of set their appearance and their stats and uh, you pick out like there there's a little bit more like an RPG perk system where it's like you sort of pick your um, you spec out your character with with a loadout of perks that are that are pretty marginal. So it's not like you can completely reinvent your character uh, just by changing a few like slots in your character build. Um, but once you create your character, you are drafted. And you are sent to Double A, because in Major League Baseball, generally prospects spend a pretty long time playing in the minors uh, before they're called up and turned into full-time pros. And a lot of guys sort of end up spending a lot of their careers sort of swinging between Double A ball and uh, the, the the majors. I was. Sent to a minor league franchise. I I got drafted by the Cubs because I was like, I hope the Cubs draft me. Yeah, and Mm -hmm. I now was that a smart was that a smart decision uh, given how often the Cubs are playing designated hitter games? So the use of a a two way -way way players. Yeah, yeah, Um, maybe not. But I was like, I want to be a Cub because last time I created character, I ended up stuck in Toronto forever, and like, who wants that?
2: Um, Kata, what are our demographics in uh, Toronto? How, how how many Canadian listeners did
4: yeah, we just defend? a fair
3: amount. They yeah. know. They know.
4: <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um. <laughs> so
5: <laughs> I
4: look the the the, the Jays are not the Jays are not where it's at. the The stadium is not where it's at. It's not a great mm-hmm. vibe. Point is, I decided making this two way thing work. But here's the thing: the way. MLB The Show kind of works is there's your character gains stats for just doing stuff, right? So if you have good performances, your stats go up by a lot. If you have mediocre performances, they can go down sometimes or go up by a little bit less. But the main thing is that the way the entire promotion to the big league system works is that if you're specializing, just by default, you're kind of going to rack up a lot of points Uh um, doing the thing you're good at. If you're not specializing, <laughs>
2: mm. you
4: are running into the classic multi-class character issue.
2: Why would anyone recruit you instead of a good hitter or a good pitcher? Right. What are you actually adding that you could do both okay? You're the best two-way player in the minors forever. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like,
4: whew, this, is, this feels harder than the last time. Last time I did this, I had more of a like power hitter guy, and uh-huh. that's all he did. So it was getting kind of really silly where I would just go up there and like hit square to do a power swing and just tattoo that thing out of right, the stadium. Right. I was like, man, like hitting in this game is easy. And now it's like I can hit that ball as hard as I can, gets beautiful launch angle, gets out like to mid-center field and just falls dead. And <laughs> like it's an easy pop-up. Uh and the Little interstitial segments where different pundits for the uh, MLB network are sort of talking about your character. It went from, man, we're really excited about how this prospect shapes up. It's an interesting experiment. You know, it's really difficult to to do this. But uh this guy seems like just one of the most exciting prospects in the league to. So let's talk about how difficult it can be being a two-way <laughs> player and yeah. why this is maybe not a thing. As much as it's been in the past, to so um you know Carlos, you were in the league uh when you were in a long slump. Um, how did you how did you break out of that? What's what's the mental game like when uh you're you're racking up those hitless games, and then you start getting like little uh little hits from like their equivalent of local sports radio, where it's like more of a morning zoo type character who's like talking about just what other shit you are. And he's basically calling out like you got greedy. You were like, I want another Otani. Guess what? There ain't, there's only one. You can't just, you can't just draft that. Um, and in between that, I'm going up and just getting my ass kicked. Like I am <laughs> a pitcher whose fastball tops out at like 87 miles an hour. Uh-oh. Um, and I'm a hitter. Wait. A power hitter, no less. <laughs> well, is a power hitter something you choose to be or are <laughs> described as, Rob? So it's there are different they're contact hitters and power hitters. Uh-huh. And they're different they're kind of different skill trees. I am more in the power hitter direction, but which is I, also
3: is isn't it the I whole
1: league
0: trended towards power And like that's part of the critiques of like modern like baseball is that it's home run driven as opposed to you know, knocking runs in and getting on getting on base.
4: Yeah. So this is baseball has ended up in a really weird place. Part of it is that good pitchers are now a dime a dozen. And so the.
3: Uh, Rob, you just have to lean into how slow you're going and go like 45 miles an hour. Like that one guy that blew up on Twitter the other week. Do you see this? Oh, oh the, yeah. the tortoise. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, that is That's right. <laughs>
4: Kind of. That's the kind of guy I'm turning into. Like my pitching career is actually going really well. Like, right? Because sure. the thing is, if you don't have that heat, the entire thing is just the chess match between you and the batter, and that feels fucking great.
2: That's like, the most. Yeah, Rob Zachney chess match pitcher is the most obvious. Okay. Of course, this is this is the sort of pitcher you are.
4: Yeah, like I, get I have, it. I have nothing in the toolbox. <laughs> I've got a slow fastball, a really iffy changeup that like to go anywhere, and a really and and a slightly brutal curve because hmm. it looks a lot like my fastball so it just falls. <laughs> sure. But that's that's going really well. And so the pitching thing is going decently, but even there the commentators are like he does need a good, he needs a good defense behind him because like he won't give you a lot of good looks, but um, he's not hard to get a hit off of. um, But a good hit is tricky. So like I don't get a lot of strikeouts. Is the thing. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the entire game has turned into this thing now where I'm like pushing this boulder up the hill of like trying to get this guy to become a an elite two way player. And everything in the game is like, yo, that's just not how baseball works, man. Like, you need to be way better at the show to make, because that's the thing. If my execution were way better, I would probably be amassing just enough points uh, in in my various stats to become a viable player. But because my results are middling, I am progressing as a hitter and a pitcher, but probably not fast enough to ever become a, like, star player in the league. Now, the thing that is also cutting against me is I I stupidly turned on dynamic difficulty. Mm. So, as mm. I am getting better at the game, the game keeps turning up the difficulty, <laughs> and I kind of am running in place. Where, like, as I'm getting... And this is really... This is really uh, starting to tell on my hitting game, because the pitcher-batter interface in this game is is so good. like Like, genuinely... I play the show and it's like it makes me feel like I understand how impossible hitting in 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 the major leagues is because like so many things look good when you're making the decision about whether you're going to strike like swing and then the ball just disappears and you're like that thing was center of the crosshairs I was like winding up to take my my swing and somehow that slider moved way outside the strike zone as mm. my bat craw- like it just it just vanished Ugh. and as you turn up the difficulty getting these timings right and like getting that recognition on pitches just gets harder and so every time i'm making a little bit of a gain of like yeah i'm a good hitter i'm starting to i'm starting to figure this out the game is like congratulations harder difficulty level and my at-bat's like Collapse yet again, um, and so it's interesting. The game is like. It's not saying no, the game, if if your heart is set on being your own, like roll your own Shohei Otani, you can do that. You can this do game, it yeah. but you better be good at the show. <laughs>
2: That's good. I love. I love it. Yeah. This sounds. This sounds like a fun time. I'm glad you. I'm glad that you went in deep on MLB the show because up until now our coverage of that game has been me and Patrick are like it's weird that it's on Xbox. <laughs> 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 Isn't it weird that it's on Xbox? Which, Which is, is like true. it is, but yeah. like I, I'm glad that we have someone who went in with the with a mission uh, and and a love a love of of America's pastime.
4: Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. that's the thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think I I like baseball. I don't love it. Like baseball is a really tough game to get into. Um, the games are yeah. slow. The That's true. the off the dynamics it's a bad of spectator yeah. sport.
0: Well, what well, depends? Uh, there are different types of it, like, spectating. Like, mm, in person, like 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 most sports, baseball is a lot more enjoyable in person. I think like they're like that that one benefits the most from like the spirit of being in a place at a at a stadium. Yeah. Um, I have found. Um, but also there are there is no. Baseball is also great as a like background noise. Like I right. love, mm-hmm. I will just put on even when the Cubs aren't playing, and they're bad. So when I put them on, I'm not particularly interested in the moment to moment anyway. But like I love just having a baseball game on in the background, in the background. And then I can just kind of like there's have- a looseness
2: to the commentary because there are so many games that the it's rare that something in in the in the main season before we're in the playoff hunt. Before in the end of the the year and before they have the to playoffs. talk, they just have to talk.
3: You get to know. <laughs> gonna, I This is I why love, you get
0: the rabbit. One of the biggest off, one of the biggest off season uh, storylines for the Cubs was the fact that one of their local play callers, who has been covering you know the team for ages, went to go uh, cover the White Sox, and like it, <laughs> that was like more than like the fact that multiple star players in the Cubs. Are kind of fading and are probably going to be uh, traded mid season. Like that's the thing that broke people's heart because you you grow just as much an affinity for those 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 play callers, those color commentators mm-hmm. as you do, especially when your team is bad. Like you <laughs> like listening to them yeah. talk about your team, and like I think that is just unique yeah. to. Uh, Baseball, because I mean, I don't watch hockey. So, I mean, I, but like in those sports that I follow, like that, that's you you constantly are spending a lot of time with local announcers as opposed to broadcast announcers. Hockey,
2: it's the difference the between, between it's a, too fast. Right. I was like, gonna say,
4: yes. Baseball has podcast elements to it where like there are long yeah. asides where like, I, yes, they exactly just stop this. calling it a bat because it's not interesting.
2: There's <laughs> the difference between someone who is streaming Returnal and someone who's streaming like Stardew Valley, right? And like sometimes you want that chill Stardew Valley vibe, where like yeah, the voices are happening, people are hitting a ball, like stuff is going, stuff is happening, but it's not happening at that that pace where I need to. It's great put it on to do some chores, clean my room, do some some you know spreadsheet work, like very like very backgroundy sort of spectatorship, which is also the way. I, and I've gone to a baseball game. It feels I'm mostly to hang out with people, have a hot dog and a beer, and like just kind of vibe more than I'm like. On the edge of my seat about the result of a yeah. game. Because again, especially one game. Especially if you're so paying for the cheap seats anything. in the bleachers. Yes, exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, so, which I would love to do. That would be great right now. I would love it to be in the cheap the cheap seats. Just like I hanging. Uh <laughs> Jessica is
0: old enough that she would be, like be fun to take to. Nah. Like, like my youngest would not be fun because she would just want to walk up the stairs for – Four and a half hours, and I'm not saying just like sit down and watch the game, but she would get something out of the experience of like going and like. So Wrigley just is. They're doing like 25 percent or something like that, and my wife and I are vaccinated, so I've been thinking about that. If there's a way we can sneak over there, and especially hey, if they're bad, well then the the tickets are, tickets are cheaper
4: than ever. So <laughs> sure, sure. But the the thing I would say is like baseball does have its issues as a spectator sport, but like. I'm not super into baseball, but I like this game a lot because sure. it gets at a lot of what is, I think baseball is one of those games. It's very easy to think like, man, I'd like to, I wish I'd get into that mm-hmm. because it's a really well understood game. The strategies are interesting. The dynamics of both at bats are interesting. And then sort of the metagame of like, uh, you know, setting lineups and the sort of front office moves that you, you do to, to build a team. But Actually watching an individual game, one, there's so many of them, the stakes aren't really that high. And two, um, it can be sort of tough to parse what is interesting that's happening. I think the thing that makes the show really good is that it's kind of like you get to interact directly with the cool parts of baseball. Mm -hmm. And so what appeals to me is that the show kind of lets me enjoy baseball without having to endure the parts of the real life sport Mm -hmm. that just make it... This is a odd way to put it, but like it's it's not a very ergonomic life, uh an ergonomic sport for fitting into your life. Uh because it requires a lot of investment to sort of like yeah. follow and care about the stuff. Whereas the show, you can just get right into that good stuff, uh, you know, in the space of an hour and like, you know, you play baseball is a game of like series and runs. And so like a thing that in the real world takes Weeks to unfold, seeing a crucial arc of a season unfold
2: like in the show, that could be just a hour or two. And that's that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I would advise for anyone who's heard any of this conversation and thought either this is really interesting. I'd love to hear Rob Zachney uh, continue to to uh, philosophize about baseball or people who say this seems like a boring conversation. I wonder if there's a. Uh, An even uh, more interesting way to talk about baseball that would actually make me care about it more. Go listen to or read Rob Zachney's MLB The Show 18 Dreams of Escape from Politics and Damn, It's Tempting. Uh, An excellent uh, review from 2018 in which Rob – it was one of my favorite things you've ever written. It's so fucking good. Uh, We got to have a conversation about that. There's an episode of the show embedded in that piece um, that was a blast to record. Um, and and uh, I, I think people should people should listen to it because it's 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 some of the best talking about sports and sports video games uh, uh, in the world of of games journalism bumps up against sports a lot. Um, and I think there's some people out there who've made it their beat. Cat Bailey is like one of the only people who likes to play sports video games, and like uh, inside of the world of games journalism, uh, and has made it you know her duty to to report on them pretty well. Um, but it's so nice to see Rob uh, uh, dig into that and and have good have good takes always. So go go read that piece; it's great. Um, Kato. yo, Do you want to talk to me about Scavengers, a game? I said I'd play with sure. you, and then I didn't play with you <laughs> because I'm a bad friend.
3: Nah, yeah, it's fine. I did mostly just a couple of solo runs. Um it's a battle royale game. Um that no swords on this one. No though. swords on this one. This one's guns, guns again. We're back to guns. Um Okay, I okay, here's let me can I just say
2: what I've seen about scavengers? Yeah. Snow? Uh-huh. Um you got to get to a drop ship to escape at the end. Yeah. To escape the storm. Um some interesting mobility stuff. Is this not just Ring of Elysium again? Is this not just? Uh,
3: no, actually, because the loot system is very different. Um, so the one classic thing about battle royales is that you drop in, you have nothing, you have to go scavenge shit. Uh-huh. Hey, look, that's the name of the game. Uh, in right, order to yeah. mm-hmm. um, you know get loot and survive, as you know, some something forces players into like a central location, be it a storm yeah. or whatever. Um and this one um it's similar in that you start with no loot but there's very limited on the ground loot and what you're actually oh, end up doing is collecting scrap um which uh eventually plays into a um uh like, is like crafting a currency is it a crafting currency. Yeah, yeah. So like Gotcha. There's this um it's got, it, it ends up having this kind of leveling, um, this like, no one can be too outkitted too early on because you need to secure enough scrap, which also means getting into fights or completing objectives on the
2: map. So you're not finding, you're not like, there's not that thing of of a lot of other battle royals where you're just like, oh, I found this top tier gun. Yeah early on and so now I can win fights because I can fight them at a longer distance for instance. Right. Because like whatever.
3: people are gotcha. still using pea shooters and I've got this like fully kitted AK or whatever. Wait, you know? is this
2: kind of a Schluter Royale? Huh.
3: Got
2: that's it.
4: Huh. Wow.
3: Wow. You just made this game <laughs> a lot of money, Rob. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, kind of. Um yeah, even there's there's even a meta layer well so okay. What you have in your a- crafting yeah, menu is limited at first. Um uh-huh. You, per run or per account? Per account. Uh, so you're
2: leveling up outside of the game. Yeah, there's like these two also.
3: kind of tracks. So like when We're you go into the, the game, game... You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. When you go into a match, um, you're running around. There's like two tiers of, of loot, basically. There's like white and green, like level, Like if if you're using traditional colors that go from like yeah. green, blue, orange, purple or whatever, yellow, purple. Mm-hmm. Um you only get white and green in the world, and then the rest of that stuff is going to be coming from your uh, crafting. But in order to get materials, you also have to um, you have to. Do, it's a PvP ve, so there's like you know AI enemies I'm out listening. of the world, yeah, yeah, okay. uh-huh. people I can actually kill, yeah. <laughs> and um, and also on top of that, there's a uh, um, stamina, like food, like food resource, and a um, uh, like heat, like cold, like it's cold. It's out cold here. out yeah, here. Sure. Resource that you have to like, um, manage throughout. So you know, it's mostly about picking and choosing. Like you get kind of like the spots where each of these things exist on the map. Like it's marked out for you, but it's they're like spread out enough that you have to kind of make choices of like, okay, look, I can maybe make it another like resource like another another like looting loop before i really need to eat so i'm gonna go to this one that has high mm. scavengers uh like like uh you know scraps instead of the one where i could probably get more food um but then like if you run if your stamina starts to run out you start to get really sl- like kind of uncomfortably sluggish honestly mm. that's the one downside of the whole game to me is that i think the movement feels a little uh, bad. Um, most Ooh, of the time okay. it can feel really good. Sometimes it's got that. I've good like sliding down. Yeah, hill stuff. That's, and stuff like that. That's the best stuff. If you have any sort of downward okay. incline, sliding down that and then jumping at the end to get like this little boost off the end of it is really good. But yeah. anytime you're going uphill or like on flat ground, it feels kind of a little slower than it should. And okay, I add on to that. If you run out of food, then you're fucking. It's horrible crawling. I, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: So wait, I mean, just I, I need to understand the basic structure of this sure. thing. So you go. So you were saying you only have like basic, basic, and then slightly better weapons available to yes. you to craft to begin with, uh, or that's what you're finding in the world. Anything bigger, anything higher than that, you have to craft. Are you crafting per game session? Yes. Or are you crafting? Okay. So you're not crafting. It's not like um. What's that, Rob? What's the one from the some of the um, the stalker devs called again? Why am I blanking oh, on this? Oh.
4: Uh, Tarkov,
2: yeah, Escape, escape from, Tarkov, from Tarkov, where you're, where you're doing in between, you're not doing in between game session crafting, where you're like, you are also. Are you coming in
3: with those guns? No, it it gets added to what your the crafting tree is. So at in, first, I see your crafting huh. tree, like there. Also, this is class based. I might not like this anymore. <laughs> keep keep. Uh, so
2: I guess here's my question: Is there a situation then in which I'm loading into a game where all I can do is craft? white and green guns but someone else in my game can craft orange guns yep <laughs> why <laughs> yeah. do that so uh, now i'm gonna lose that fight but that goes back to well the he, you but,
3: but but in the early game if you find them and kill them right it's like in the end game you're gonna get out here's hold, hold on hold on we're getting ahead of ourselves. yeah so the way that you unlock those things is through research which happens in between matches um sure which has real-time clocks that you can pay to make go away faster, yeah. Ah. Um, but are normally like all the clocks so far. Like this is this is go go play another match. It'll be done when you get back. Oh, okay. Um, but so the research is how you unlock new things to craft, right? Uh, there's sure. uh, items, new guns, and also this game is class based. Uh, the classes have each their own ability and a signature gun that is like. good Good? like yeah okay Uh, so you always have a good option available to you yes yes i see um i think partially what ends up happening is that the the higher tier loot and stuff becomes more about um getting good shields and like you know like that sort of upgrade and that upgrade is also craftable and that's not something you have to unlock if you can (sighs) get enough scrap together to get to the purple tier uh stuff like you're you're gonna get there that's already unlocked for everyone um the the characters each have um their own kind of specialties there's one with a shotgun that has a shield that they drop so like they can't be shot from far away you have to get in the bubble with them and then they have a shotgun so gotcha. pop, you know sure. uh that sort of thing there's a sort of um mid-range kind of um uh, i guess you would describe it I would say scout rifle because destiny, but like a a single shot kind of like not like faster firing than a sniper, but not as far ranged as a sniper, but still like semi-automatic, not a full automatic sort of Mm -hmm. rifle. And then one guy and that that character's um, ability is a like AOE heal. And then um, a sniper that has these traps that deal damage and like stun, like partially stun people who step over them. Um, sure you can only have one of each of these on a team so like you kind of split up and there are also other characters that are locked behind the paid currency which i think you can also unlock in game because i had some and i didn't know where it came from um uh, <laughs> i was like i don't i didn't spend any money so there must be some way to unlock i haven't really realized exactly what the the, the where that is coming from but uh-huh um Essentially, what's happening during the game is you're collecting this resource called the data um, because the like world like there's like there's like narrative in this game. Um, You start off on in a tutorial mission where like you get introduced to the kind of world where uh, some scourge has happened on Earth. Like aliens have dropped and a lot of people like most of the people are dead. There's aliens running around. There's some humans still left alive that are making like making their way um on land still but then like your group of people are like being resurrected by some ai on a space station um and being made to make these runs in order to get, get gather data about what happened what's going on because the ai doesn't know either even though it's like an ai and so the that object the, the gate gaining data uh, is kind of the thing that you take to do more research that gets you the unlocks and normally it's like you have to get to the end in order to get on the drop ship and leave. Um, but there's also like points where you can upload your data mid game. So it seems like the, the thing that they're aiming for is if you're kind of like still early on you want to be hitting those nodes as much as possible because right. you might Just be dump
2: your data over like as soon as possible each time right
3: because you are probably and it's a slow process too it's like not super safe it'd be easier if you could fight your way out but sometimes that's not going to happen because you don't have as good gear so it's like at in early on as you're building your character up you're trying to hit those nodes instead of doing the like i'm gonna mm-hmm. fight for end game and like that seemed that feels alright, but it's still kinda weird that like even if I do everything else right up to the end game, then suddenly somebody with like purple gear comes out and like I like downed one once, but it felt like an accident, it felt like I caught them off guard more so than like so it's like still possible, yeah. but it's really it's really difficult. They start to get like wild movement things like grapples and also like grenades and shit, um, that I don't have like unlocked yet. Um that part feels weird, but like I, it it did feel good to like end that game and then be like, wait, but we stopped at like three nodes. I uploaded most of my data, like, and I that one kill got. You're making progress at that point, still. Basically. Yeah, yeah. It's that's cool. It's kind of yeah. interesting, and like the the real thing that I have an issue with is when it feels bad to move around. Sometimes it feels like it's a network thing, almost like not. It's hard to describe. It's, like, not quite, um, um, like, latency teleporting or anything like that, but it feels like the game is slowing me down so that latency teleporting doesn't happen almost because I cannot figure out any other reason why I'd be going this slow sometimes. Um, It's just, like, feels kind of sluggish, but it's early access, and, you know, I'm hoping that the netcode gets better uh we'll yeah. see where I also ends heard up, but that like,
2: there is some like some rampant cheating early on which is oh wild for a game that just dropped
3: I literally just yeah well i mean you know gamers will find a way gamers be cheating gamers <laughs> find a way that's that's how the saying goes that's how the yeah. goldboom said yeah <laughs> so uh but yeah i think well, it's an I'm interesting it it's an interesting way to do sort of like a long tail like you're leveling up stuff like you're unlocking new things which um kind of is like the like tarkov you know like popularized that but this feels it's third person instead of first person the the kind of um the look is much more stylized and less like realistic like tarkov i guess yeah, so it's just like yeah, a different yeah. and like also uh,
2: presumably you can play as women uh yes like in tarkov
3: Yes, there are multiple women classes uh in the game. That's God. good. Actually, one of the best ones is the one that goes invisible that I think I might unlock if I keep playing this game. Uh she's really cool. She's just it it sucks when somebody just fucking disappears out of your, your sight in the go middle invisible of
2: invisible in a in a battle royale, seems um, yeah. really strong it's, to me. I
3: think it might be a little too strong, tbh. Yeah. But uh, we'll see. We'll see how that all. I mean, it's yeah. The the big thing is Did that the say game is access. code seems iffy, huh? Oh, uh-huh, right. <laughs> you know, I don't know that it's iffy as much as like I feel like they're compensating for it ahead of time, ahead of it being bad. I'm just uh-huh. saying, you you have a game where like you're
4: already not entirely sure how much you trust the way the game is adjudicating things, and you pile some invisibility in there, and it's uh-huh. like. Did I just get outplayed, or?
3: <laughs> and and, and they're not fully fully invisible, but it's one of those like in a in a like in a hectic fire yeah in a hectic firefight they're they're effectively invisible. So yeah, I don't know. I had well, I had some good time. I'll check it out.
2: It's it's free to play. It's, yeah, I'll I'll at least boot it once or twice and play with some people.
3: You know. Yeah. Um. Uh-huh.
4: Yeah. Also, be clear, I'm actually not sure Tarkov has a Stalker connection. There were some Stalker developers on another game that feels a lot like Tarkov, sometimes, uh, Cerverium. Cerverium, right. So that yeah, one, right, right. Tarkov is more like um, Battle Royale and just some sort of like demilitarized hellscape. Uh, Cerverium <laughs> oh, yeah, is like I, yeah. a Genesis bomb went off, and we're, the okay. earth has been overgrown by lush alien uh, fauna.
2: I, for some reason I had thought that there was a that there were devs a dev crossover but I guess I guess no I guess it, just, just,
4: it, it feels like a game that has a really like um, strong affinity for the stalker uh-huh. aesthetic but isn't necessarily yeah, like uh-huh. stalker. and and, 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 a, and a in yeah yeah I know commitment it's not, to the not a model
2: probably. Yes, yes, totally, totally. Um, that makes sense.
3: Um, oh I forgot to mention else have a, No, I think uh-huh. this one part is cool. I really just want to shout it out really quick. The cold thing that we didn't talk about that much. There's actually roving like storms uh kind of that kind of work end up working out like the the red zones and other battle royales except that they slowly move across the map. You can see them coming. And um that means that you have to like find shelter. Uh and usually mm. the pieces the places that are considered shelter are occupied by PvE enemies like um, so there's a really great tension of having to clear out a space before, like as you see a storm coming down, like that bit sure. is actually really neat.
4: Um, oh, sure. and then probably are you also like sort of sniff, trying to sniff out, like I don't want to engage the PV the the enemies. I want to I want to see if someone else does. Right. Like, yeah.
5: how long do you like, wait it's, until, until it's like, like okay, you have to go type. down? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh,
2: I wish Hunt I think- Showdown had a pure PVE mode. Still, it's still a thing I I wish for. <laughs> anyway um sounds interesting at least again i'll try it out for sure uh anyone else have have anything they want to patrick you've just been same stuff that we we already talked about nothing new to no shout out check back later this week i guess we'll have we'll talk about some some resident evil at the end of the week right um that makes sense uh all right let's uh let's take a, a quick a quick dip maybe into the question bucket if that makes sense uh rob i saved one for you this week um, oh right. I remember I that. Doubt. You meant you had mentioned there so was, was anything. Yeah, so uh side. gaming. Gaming at vice <laughs> dot com <laughs> is the address. Uh-huh. Highway point folks, as a teacher with a deep background in library and critical theory. I've been a tremendous fan of your work over the past several years. I don't know why, we're a fucking mess. Aside from games, my other primary hobby has been the cooking, eating, and scholarship around food. So, your now weekly dips into the food portion of the question bucket have been an incredible joy. As both a thanks and a challenge, I wanted to offer you all one of my favorite food studies assignments. Some short background. I was fortunate enough to do an independent study at the end of my undergrad at food studies. It's a real thing, much like there's an early adoption of game studies. NYU also houses one of the leading food studies programs in the U.S. While I attended school in the Bronx, I did attend a few lectures at NYU. I read, ate, and took day trips out around the city with my professor— uh, through the spring semester just before I graduated. It was the best uh, A I've ever earned. While I'm an English teacher by trade, I always find space in the year to sneak in a few weeks of food studies to get my students talking and writing about their cultural and political engagement with food, so I'd like to share one of my favorite writing prompts. This assignment uh, slash thought exercise comes from the seminal one of the seminal food studies texts Warren Belasco's Food, The Key Concepts, and it begins like this. You are hosting a dinner for a very diverse group of people, including a vegetarian, a dairy farmer, a nutritionist, a hunger activist, your mother, and yourself. As a gracious host, you want to please everyone, or at the very least, you do not want to offend anyone. Everyone must eat. There cannot be any hasty, angry departures from the table. You also want to serve a meal that reflects your own tastes and values, and you don't want to spend a lot of time or money on it. What on earth can you serve? Describe the menu, taking care to show how it will appeal to each guest's sense of identity. In addition, your meal should be both responsible, considering the environmental political realities of the food system, and convenient. It should be attainable for most people who are going through the trouble of hosting a dinner for others. I have what I feel to be a correctish answer to this question. I'll follow up with an email and explanation if you're gracious enough to give it a shot. But I'd love to hear your work, to hear you work through it on the pod. Love the work you're doing. Thanks for everything, Anthony. Again, that list of people is i've been logged out from my email see if i can remember no no. vegetarian dairy farmer nutritionist uh hunger activist i think was one of them is that what i said um i'm logging back into my email your mom you is that it is that the is that the list i think that was the list I think that's the list. I'm going to write it out so that okay, I found. it. I got it back. Vegetarian, dairy farmer, nutritionist, hunger activist, your mother and yourself. Okay. Mm. I'm leaving this I everyone can contribute to this. This is a tough one. I don't I a thing I can lean on here is I think my mom is loving mm. and would and would be flexible for me. Uh and also right. I think would buy into the like thought experimentiness of it in a way that's like um she would go along for the ride, no matter what it was. You know what I mean? Um, and so it's one meal. This isn't the recurring thing. This is one meal. So she could, she could, she'd be fine. Any thoughts? Where to begin on this fucking wild collection? We're just gonna post the whole thought experiment here, so you can. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I, 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 mean I, mean I would, the I would hand the, the
0: phone around. And uh-huh. said, well, "This is Grubhub. Everyone, just make a selection, and I'll, I'll cover it. I got we'll it. cover
2: it. You got it. Yeah. Uh huh. So I this mean, is-
0: yeah. Go ahead.
4: My go ahead. actual play here, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, with my like with my competencies, yeah, would be we're having a selection of vegetarian pizzas.
2: That's exactly where my brain went, Rob. Wow. Hundred percent. A hundred percent vegetarian pizzas is where I went." I – there's stuff here that I don't know – I don't know – I would want more specificity on what's up with the hunger activist because I don't know what the – I don't know where the offense comes there without knowing what type of activism it is or without knowing if there's – is there like a particular type of too much food that would have – you know what I mean? I don't know what the My assumption
4: there is is what they're ruling out is some sort of huge family-style buffet, which is going to almost certainly generate a ton of food waste. Right. right. Like, sure. you can't sure, just, like, sense. do a, like, this do is, a, uh, um, you know, ring the up. dinner bell and be like, come and get it. Like, you got to, there's going to be a lot something of something. Yeah. And, okay.
3: Sure. Like, right.
4: Give people stuff they're going to eat.
3: You can't do a spread of things yes, that will inevitably end up with food waste. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, which, which is where my,
2: the other place my mind went was something where it's like, you know, here are some, um, you know tortillas and and stuff you can put in them, and that way you can like make to your thing. But you're right; that would lead to a lot of waste. That's a good point. Talk to me about your ve- vegetarian pizza options.
4: Oh yeah, I mean like it's and it's
2: frozen. Did you say, you said frozen vegetarian pizzas, right? What did you not say frozen? Why did I imagine you say frozen? <laughs>
4: no, I'm not. I'm not. No. I was like, it'll be, that's it'll be an fr- interesting. It'll be
2: freshly baked. Maybe I just have coldness on their mind because of scavengers. Of scavengers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah.
4: No, it, like. Uh yeah, I think like you really can't go wrong uh you know with a margarita uh pizza, mm-hmm. but also like I'm a big fan of a little blanched and lightly fried like uh broccoli rob on, sure. on a pizza. Um and This that- is the
2: thing that's so good about this is it does reflect it, it pizza is such a good area to also reflect your own tastes and values because you can you can do some interesting things there, right? But right. it doesn't have to be Um, it doesn't have to be a thing that's like, uh, uh, experimental necessarily, or it doesn't have to be like, you can do it pretty easily get to, oh yeah, this is a sort of taste that I'm really interested in, or these, these, uh, these toppings or this cheese selection reflects my upbringing and what I've had available to me or whatever like that without it being, um, off-putting, I think for a lot of folks.
3: I feel like I'm confused about what exactly dairy farmer and nutritionists, are being bringing here as far as like oh the nutritionist might
4: be where i get into trouble with the pizza yeah right because the nutritionist the nutritionist could like might be the person to be like hey um pizza is very nice but this is a lot of this is a really carby meal without a lot of like balance from like from the standpoint of like protein or
2: like vitamins you can get around that by RSVPing ahead of time and saying what's there, so they can plan for that meal in advance in terms of the rest of their intake their that macros <laughs> day. Yeah, I think I think proper mm. messaging around it. Mm. I don't I know. Think, what no, I, see, I think the thought you don't think so.
4: I think you're ruled out from doing that. I think you can't. Mm. You because you can't. You you can't be like, uh, hey, um, you know, you should just have a steak before you come over because uh, you know sure. our vegetarian friend's going to be there. Well, then, so like, well, then.
2: Well then is there a world here in which you do two different types of pizzas or a couple you've already opened the door to a number of different vegetarian options we don't know if this vegetarian is a vegetarian because of moral needs and nutritional needs we don't we don't know what that uh, what that reason is so i guess we should assume that there's a moral I, I stance like you're there for vegetarian the vegetarian the-
4: versus like someone on a restricted diet though
2: yeah. you know what i mean like, Yeah. I also to to answer Kata's question on the dairy farmer thing, i I really feel like that's in here explicitly to say there is a moneyed interest at your table who wants to be represented oh. in, on the menu. Interesting. That's okay. one hundred that's sure. my read on that sure. is like inside of the world of foods, you're also inter you're also um. Uh. Uh. You know, connecting to people who want to see that their that their work has been valued and brought to the brought to bear inside of the, the mix. Uh. Also, I think it's interesting. This is a vegetarian, and not a vegan, because that's immediately. Where it with Kobayashi it, yeah, that's it's. An, it, you end up.
4: You can't be- have that dairy farmer and Correct. the and the vegan. Right. Like that's just who yes, are you gonna offend? Yes.
2: Yeah, I would you're, make a cheese. You don't think that would offend the no? in you know, this
3: scenario, not the
4: oh,
2: for, uh, vegan yeah, not dairy the
3: farmer? yeah, no for. Uh, I guess the nutritionist might not like a quiche. Guess what? If you put... No, I think mm, nutritionist would not down with a quiche. I think you could do a
2: quiche. I I still think you could do a pizza even. I really right. do. It is carby, but like uh, this is a dinner. Serving sizes can be adjusted appropriately. Like I think that there's a way to do it.
3: I do. Also, I guess there's the whole like that's a breakfast food versus it being a dinner. But I don't know. I think I would have a nice no, quiche for dinner. You could, yeah, you can do right. quiche for dinner. You can some absolutely. some some good some good veggies in there. Not too many though. You can't put too much stuff in a quiche. People a bad bad quiches is when you put too much stuff in it and there's barely any egg.
2: If you have good answers to this and you're listening, I'm curious what yours are. Yeah. Please write in and let us know what your 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 uh, you know uh, through the eye of a needle <laughs> menu <laughs> choice here is because because it's a tough one. Any other thoughts on this, Rob, or you are you you feel like you've hit it?
4: No, I mean like I'm trying to think of I, I think there's a lot of directions you go is the interesting thing. Like I think uh there's a lot of pasta dishes that can get you really far uh mm-hmm. with the solution as well. Like a pasta with a side, uh with a side salad or something. Sure. You're basically home. Yeah. Um so I think there's there's other options there as well. Um I think, I think I'm kinda, missing I,
3: the yeah. enviral political realities of the food system a little bit to, like, be able I feel to like answer I, this i feel like i don't there's i don't know what i don't know about yeah, how yeah, the yeah. food system works at large right, kind we're of gonna get a ideas, letter that, that says
2: like, well you can't do you can't do quiche obviously because, because xyz about eggs or something way, right exactly <laughs> yeah. exactly that um, yeah, yeah yeah which is probably true i mean right who knows um yeah local local eggs
4: yeah but the, but the thing has is that chickens. like
2: but is that but is that available for people low income? Right. and That's a thing. Et cetera, et cetera, it should it be available. I mean, this is obviously people. a thought experiment that's meant to yeah, yeah. Uh, heighten the contradictions in such a way that they become readable. Do You know what I mean? Totally. Um, <laughs> anyway, good answers. Uh, this one comes from John, who says, well, "I want to get the vibe around uh, the vibe from you folks around some gaming etiquette. You're playing a board game with a group of friends, and everyone's having a great time. About two thirds of the way through." The game. You notice an error in the way the game is being played. Nobody else has noticed the issue, but it will impact final scoring of the game. What action, if any, should be taken in this scenario?
5: Who's <sighs> leading? Huh?
2: <laughs> Wait, what? Rob said, "Who's leading?" Yeah. If you're leading, do you let it? Do you let her. If I'm leading, I think I have so to. So let bring me tell you
4: something. I have done. Oh my god. Ooh. So. There was uh, back when everyone was playing Waterdeep a lot. There were a couple characters I don't like. This is too far back now. I don't remember the specifics, but there were a couple characters that you play because your final objective is kind of revealed at the end, and mm-hmm. you get a lot of bonus points off that. There were a couple that were sort of house ruled out of um, like a game people were playing. They were moved to the start of the game. I was issued a character that wasn't. The ones that were specifically, like, illegal. Uh But in terms of, like, Quest, definitely in the spirit of what was ruled out. And I knew, like, the reason these guys have been ruled out is because, like, they're real easy to clean up with. And so I just asked, so the following characters are the ones that have been ruled out. Those are illegal. And I was like, correct. And I was like, uh-huh. and we've removed all the illegal characters from this deck. Then and you're like, clear.
2: Yes. You're clear, it sounds to me.
4: Yeah. And you so do, then I just diligence. played. And I cleaned up. Yeah. And at the end, I
2: was like, look, uh, <laughs> if you'll recall, I did ask. You did ask. <laughs> so that's it. I don't know. That's clear. That's, that's free and clear to me. I think you ha- I think if you're in the lead, you have to raise it because otherwise, someone will notice it in the scoring segment, and then you'll have to keep a straight face as someone says, "Wait, did you notice this?" and like continue to win
3: despite the rules being wrong. So, is it like it's being played wrong? So, actually, I think I think I've had this happen. I just let it roll with the way people thought it it was being scored before. Like, it's, like, this is a misunderstanding of what the scoring will And it's too deep in the game. Yeah. Yeah. I had a game of Carcassonne where we didn't actually understand what farmers did the right way. I had taught a new group of people, and we, like, fucked up farm Like, we, like, I misexplained to farmers, and they were being uh, weighed a little too heavily. Uh, There were too many farmers down. Uh, At that point, people had invested a lot in farmers, thinking they were going to, like, blow out in points. And it ended up happening that way where it almost, like the farmer because we misunderstood how farmers were supposed to be scored from the beginning like we noticed near the end it's like oh but we played with this idea that farmers were going to be more important than they actually are uh and then it ended up being like it just whoever had the most farmers won because of of the way we had understood it made it but you fix it for the next game right exactly that's the thing you bring it up just so that we understand like okay now we all understand next time you know we'll be good
4: Most of the games I play with people, though, like, genuinely, the group is more interested in, like, how does this game actually work? And so the way this actually almost always plays out is midway through, someone is, like, pouring over the manual and is like, wait, Uh we fucked up. We fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. And we know that, like, because how often are you really playing, like, who who has the most prowess at (laughs) playing this Euro game? (laughs) <laughs> no that's that's not what people are there for usually it it's like we want to learn the system and we'll see if it becomes a regular like rotation game
3: yeah
2: yeah um this is uh, we're food bucket time now and this one <laughs> i just want to say up front that like this could be this is this could be gross not in a not in a traditional way but people might respond negatively to this action because of the way it does mouth mouth stuff but also i'm just gonna read it but just heads up it's weird i think it's weird it gives my answer immediately or i think it could be received as weird with the recent this comes from ben with the recent surge of food related questions i see an opportunity to see if a habit of mine is as weird as every one of my romantic partners has claimed it is huh. before the food <laughs> bucket council i ask, do you peel your candy i'm not talking about pull and peel type twizzlers i'm not even talking about biting off layers of a kit kat one by one Which I do. I like that. That's fun. Uh, I do it all the time, but sometimes. No, I'm talking about delicately using your teeth to separate the shell from an M&M before consuming it. Yeah. Or just log off. What? (laughs) (laughs) What? and responses. Or <laughs> scraping off the, uh, the entire chocolate coating from a stick of Pocky before coming back around for the stick itself. Mm-hmm. To get a nerd's rope and remove the actual nerds, like shucking a, sh- a stalk of corn mm. before biting into the connective no, gummy. Not that to be clear, <laughs> I still eat all the, con- the constituent parts. I just enjoy the act of divvying them up and enjoying them separately. To me, it's no different than unrolling a cinnamon roll to get at the soft center last, but people tend to look at me like I'm a wild animal while I de-chocolate a chocolate-covered raisin there must be more candy peelers <laughs> out there there must be thank you for running a great show
3: it has been a mainstay D of my commute chocolate. my question now becomes how are you doing this in such a way that people know you're doing it because to Speed me because they the feel thing. so <laughs> self-conscious <laughs> about it that they
0: need to talk about it constantly which is just reinforcing the fact that it's fucking weird <laughs> I've done the do thing with the M and M's. I've done the thing with the M and
3: M's of like kind of getting the shell off, but I don't like. Yeah, i am not it. spitting it out into my mouth. Like, look I don't, here no, no, it is. No, no. This person's also like, not
2: spitting it out. I, no, don't, I know. Uh, I Just like, how does anyone huh. know?
3: How does anyone okay, know? So here's the thing. Are they biting it? Are they nibbling at it? Like, and holding it in they their might hand. Be. I, that's is, the part that's weird to me.
4: I am all about fracturing some tempered chocolate and yeah. like yeah. busting like shells apart and like getting it like uh, the special thing at the center, like be it nougat or like a little like uh, Uh malted milk thing in the center of malted milk ball. All good. But I do think there's a bit of a um, people don't want to see you use your little teeth to like clean off an M&M to (laughs) get at that chocolate center. Nobody wants to see that. describing it that way. (laughs) That's the thing. Like it's you are not in a baseball dugout and this is not your, like, sunflower seed substitute. Uh-huh. And so, like, I feel like if romantic partners are bringing up, like, hey, that's fucking weird. The unspoken part of this might be, don't do that shit at the table. Right? Yeah, yeah, when you're by yourself, look, go do, for do, it. Do what So you that's want. like
2: the Kit Kat thing. I really do enjoy taking the top like the layer by layer of a kit kat oh so uh-huh. satisfying so it's, it's so really satisfying
4: apart perfectly uh, yeah, you see the impressions it's, yeah. of the wafer like, in the chocolate layer it's, it's the layer. same
2: feeling as cracking like a crab a crab like perfectly and pulling uh, out all the crab meat uh, at once mm, it's that mm. same exact feeling but I would never do that Kit Kat shit in front of another person. I could be sleeping with that person. We are not. You're not gonna see me. Well, eat unless a Kit they do Kat it like themselves. In which case, hey, we both we both like to Nah, I yeah, it's hey. still a private thing. I can't do it. I, I draw a line. There are some things that are just for me. This is one of them. The 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 one of these that I'm closest to, and I don't do it any I haven't done it in a long time, like a decade probably. But uh Mike and Ike's are a very basic candy, but I have a fondness for Mike and Ike's. There, I used to. Make a. I used to be broke in a way that was mm-hmm. like I had a, a box of Mike and Ikes once a you know couple of months or something. Right, I was like, you know what, I'm gonna treat myself and get get some candy, um, and I would make that box last for like a week by putting a Mike and Ike in my mouth and waiting for it to just become gelatin, basically, for mm-hmm. all of the flavor. To leave it, this is the grossest right. thing. Right. This is why yeah, I signaled probably. this would be a gross question. But by the end of it, it's like a see-through, clear gelatin. Yeah, and it and like even that, it's kind of it's. I wouldn't buy it like that, is what I would say. But it's an interesting mouth thing. Yeah, this is why I said it was going to be a weird question because I knew my answer was actually going to be the grossest ahead uh, uh, of time. Oh, because you were savoring? Because mm. I'm saying yeah.
4: <laughs> I would. Like I didn't do that because I can actually remember my thing, but like, Uh, let me tell you the like stages of erosion of a skittle.
3: Yeah, like yeah. That for me was like
4: ah, the flavor is becoming less, and so is the color. (laughs) It is almost time to consummate the skittle by devouring Uh, it.
3: (laughs) God, just the one. The one that really gets me (laughs) is the pocky because you that you can see. They're obviously like scraping off the chocolate and then holding this stick of like lightly yeah. scraped. That's yeah. the that's pocky. why you're getting in trouble here. It's a thing that's happening yeah. outside well, also, of your mouth. The <laughs>
2: flavor I want from pocky is the snap into the whole thing to right. bite the mix.
5: Yeah, because otherwise
2: want... it's a real bad pretzel. Right, it's not a bad pretzel. It's like it's a cookie. It's like a no. Uh, there, are, there is there is more cookie like pocky. There is. Yeah, there is. Um, I would say, I would say. But the thing I want, I mean obviously most of the Pocky isn't covered in in chocolate. Well, not most of it. I guess the bottom part of it, right, the stick, just yeah. the the holding bit. So there's some of it that you're going to get without, but I like the I like the mix. That's why
3: I want to eat Pocky. Yeah. I anyway. do I do I do like let a little bit of it melt off before biting in because you still have a bit of chocolate left. But I'm not I'm, this is all again hidden. This is just yeah, for my in person. like in my yeah. mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. In my mouth. A memoir. Uh,
2: I got one in from Ash here who says, hello, friends. New Pokemon Snap game reminded me of something. One of my earliest friend crimes. There was this girl in my class that I didn't particularly like or get along with, but I found out she had Pokemon Snap at her house. (laughs) I spent all third grade trying to get invited to her house so I could finally try it out. When I did get the invite, I was punished for my bad intentions by being forced to eat dinner with her very white family who wanted to make me feel at home, quote-unquote, by cooking chicken fajitas, which she called chicken fajita This is T-U-G-H. T t rhymes with Vegeta. Uh, This says says F-A hyphen J-I-E hyphen T-U-G-H-S. That might be Vegeta's. Yeah. Vegeta's? (laughs) Fagita, Pest- I think yeah, too T- unless unless T- they mean that Fugitus? to be a long eye.
4: Fagitas. Vagitas. <laughs> I think vagitas. It's, <laughs> it's upsetting. I think it's vaginas. Oh, no.
5: I don't
2: yeah. want it to be vaginas. I think it's vagitis. Uh to so you do your doctor. Uh, I suffered through that unflavored mess to play the games the games, and folks, it was worth it. My <laughs> question is, uh, have you ever made friends with someone just to have oh. access to their games or toys? This is a classic youth thing. This is a classic being a kid and knowing someone who has the system you don't have or has games you want to trade for. I definitely did a lot of like, I'll let you borrow Ninja Gaiden so I can borrow NARC, which is not a great trade. Oh, NARC is so bad, (laughs) but I played it a lot. Or like I'm other similar. It was mostly that. Problems I, I had. I had all the games. You were the. So you were I the. was first. the
0: person that people came to. Patrick's like.
2: realizing he's the friend who's serving chicken fajitas.
0: <laughs> well, and it was it, when it was it was also the case that our house was around the closest around the corner from like the high school and things like that, and even in middle school, like my closest friends, they would just walk to my house with their parents instead of coming to, you know, uh. To, to get out of school they would just come to, to my i mean like it was just we we were a nexus for that stuff so yeah. and i was and i was just really into games yes, and i had a lot yes. of friends that were that liked games and so i i just became the you know the I, hand up but the one difference is like the i didn't no no sega consoles in this house please wow. um and so a friend around the corner was the one the only one that had the genesis and so you know like when eternal champions <laughs> came out that was a i, I think i've told the story before but like that was the you know you, you motherfuckers with your, your you know, your sweat in Mortal Kombat was the, <laughs> or stacking Sonic cartridges was the instance where that got, that got flipped on us. Mm-hmm. But no, yeah, I was, I was the one that people came to.
4: I definitely had a friend who, huge piece of shit, and grew up to be a piece of shit. Um, and had piece of shit vibes, even in elementary school, but he also had a well-paid divorced mom Who tried to assuage her guilt by buying a lot of cool toys and games. Ah, yeah, sure. And so I felt bad for this woman, by the way. Like, she deserved a better son. Now, had she helped create, like, an infant terrible? Absolutely. (laughs) But nevertheless, like, um, it was a good gig to be that guy's friend. He even had, like, a summer pool membership. And so, like, we would go to the pool every day uh, during the summer Um, It was it was real good times. The only thing I had to put up with was him Um, and yeah, that was that was access to a lot of like fun activities like paintball and uh, you know, he had a Genesis and a ton of games for it
2: and the pool was fun. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, We had an update here. Mm hmm. Highway Point crew, Pinky here. Quick update. Replaying parsec at work. Rob, you missed this one also. We had someone write in uh and explained that that uh uh we we you know, we had the thing of like gaming in weird places. Pinky wrote yeah, in saying, "It's virtual machine shit." It's a virtual machine shit basically. From a copy from a copy place basically, from like a uh like a Kinko's basically uh, in in Croatia. Uh So let me just read this update. At the time of writing, I haven't listened to the pod yet, but a friend informed me that my email about playing games at work using Parsec got read on the pod. So I don't know when you recorded that, but it would be very funny if it was on the 29th of April, since that's the day my boss finally got tired of there being no customers and decided to fire me and shut the whole place down. Now, I don't know if my extremely Croatian boss listens to a video game podcast (laughs) that's all in English or if this is just a happy little accident. To add a little spice to this, we agreed that I'd use the rest of my paid vacation during May. I asked the boss's son, who is also my coworker, if I should just leave the keys at work, and he said yes. I went to say goodbye to my other coworker, called my other boss, and she got pretty annoyed that I left the keys and said, Why'd you leave the keys? Now you won't have the keys if we call you to come back to work. I didn't want to argue, so I walked back to my old workplace, picked up my keys, and I'm hoping they don't call me back. So let's just say I won't really be missing working working there that much, but it's been a fun first job. Thanks for the pods. Sorry for another longish email. I hope you had a nice day. I'm glad you didn't get fired for playing video games at work, <laughs> which was my fear. Yeah. Uh, but it would also be very funny if the timing on this was such that you got fired, uh, you know, concurrently with us literally talking about, about you playing video games.
4: Just putting the Network. energy into the I air. definitely
2: became a games writer because I got fired
4: for playing video games. Wait, did you? What? (laughs) Yeah, so (laughs) I wrote this story story out, like, long time of gamers with jobs did, like, a special, like, PDF magazine thing. I wrote out the whole story. Um, But I don't know if that's, like, easy to find these days. Um, Mm. But, yeah, so I worked at, like, a um, real dog shit, like, content mill. Uh And I wasn't a writer for it. I was, like, an editor for it. Um, But it, it wasn't, like, real editing. It was just, like, approving people's, like, stream of consciousness affiliate marketing ramblings. And that was the mix. Like, it was, like, 80% affiliate marketing dirtbags. And then, like, 15% people who were just, like, legitimately completely out of touch with uh the reality of what our site was. And they were like, man, I'm a published author. I'm just... I'm just an in-demand blogger. People love what I have to say on this website that has a shocking number of articles going up every day about crystals and mm. uh, antiques mm. and water for gas. <laughs> um, and so the thing is, the whole thing was this... Um, I'm sorry, this is going to take a little bit, so apologies. Please,
2: this will be our final thing. We'll go out yeah. on your origin story, so please.
4: <laughs> so, the guy who got me in this should have been my warning within a couple months of me starting there, he was starting to develop carpal tunnel syndrome, uh, like symptoms. Mm -hmm. And the issue was our CEO had this theory. He was like, you know, I want to see just nothing but like onward and upward improvement. Like I believe in you guys and I think you'd always be better than you are. And so as you, have higher throughput, like getting articles on the site, your daily requirement to get stories on the site will go up. The better you are, the more unreasonable your goal will be. And so when I went in there, the goal was like to get a hundred articles on the site every day. My buddy who was like one of the top performers was like, get 300 articles on the site every day. And what that meant was, really whipping through the CMS and mm-hmm. the, the editing software uh, at just a blinding pace. And he said Yeah, that's developing. a lot. Let's just,
2: 300? Yeah. A day. Might have been like 265, but it was definitely like sure. well north of 200. Also, I, I should note, this is like a classic factory boss thing, by <laughs> the way. This style of like pushing pushing you to hit a maximum so that they can raise the quota after that indefinitely is like classic- pig iron you know factory type oh yeah shit. yeah and
4: that's like this is, like i I sort of sussed out like this guy is like it's just obviously it's obviously ridiculous right like you're mm-hmm. gonna hit a limit of what is physically possible plus we were at the mercy of what was being submitted like there were things we couldn't run on the site which was like uh you know obvious white pride shit which we got a lot of weird celebrity gossip like grudge bearing you know like the truth about Oprah. A lot of people have fixations on that. <laughs> mm. um, and so to get 200, 300 articles on the site, you would have to touch 500. Probably more.
5: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, especially because we were all drawing from the same pool of articles. You'd reload a queue. And so like by the middle of the day, all that was in the queue was shit that had already been rejected. Like The realities of this business were just, that was it. But so my friend starts getting Carpal Tunnel. And man, they lost their shit. They were like, how could you do this to us? Like, what do you mean you're asking for workman's comp? What do you mean? Like, just that kind of shit. Um, meanwhile, I was like, this sucks. And I just started, the only thing making it bearable was the fact that that Christmas I got an iPod. Uh, my partner got it for me. And I started listening to Games for Windows uh, radio. Mm, sure and i think this is right around the time of um what has been known to history as Gersman gate and i think that was the thing i just heard a story about like you know they fired a guy for giving a game a bad review and i've been out of games for a little bit so i was like what the fuck really and so i started looking up i was that's how i realized like oh jeff green i read him when i was a kid he's still around mm-hmm. oh like and guy crawl has a really good take on like this whole like Gerstmann gate situation. <laughs> um, and so this is how I started falling into this nascent what what became known as like the blog the, the brainy sphere yeah. in some ways, yeah. the, the blogosphere of the the uh mid to late 2000s. And I started listening to this podcast. It's the only thing that makes it bearable. Um and so I start getting really interested in like the way conversations around games have changed since what since I followed them more intensively before college. Um and around this time, like the big game of that year was Bioshock. And so I started playing it. Um, mm-hmm. The final, the, like I was pretty demoralized by the fact that um, they didn't give us more than Christmas day off. Um, and so like literally the last time, the last chance I had to go see, like, I didn't know my home, my family's home was going to be destroyed in a fucking flood, like that next year, but the last Christmas home, I only got to spend a day. Uh, spend a the day there, and for some reason they liked me. Um, I think it was because the CEO, even though he was obviously running like a content mill sweatshop, he was obsessed with creating a Google-like culture. He was like, you know, I kind of think we're kind of Googleish. I think we're we're a little Google of the Midwest. That's what I want the vibe to be. Here are your hoodies. Here are your fleeces. <laughs> um, and so. I think because I seem smart, he was like, there's no way this guy is just completely checked out and basically not even trying to hit our quotas. We just need to give him more challenging work. Story of my high school life, too. Uh, Buddy, (laughs) let me tell you about how I'm about (laughs) to live down to further expectations. Um, And so I ended up in a different department, and it was customer service, and it was even worse. Mm -hmm. And so I was... Like super burned out at work, like really depressed about it. And I was like, I'm just going to start. You know what? I'm just going to spend this entire week just like shotgunning Bioshock. I love uh-huh. it. Um, And there was a night where it was like, you know, one in the morning. I had to be work at six hours in six hours. And I was like, fuck, it, I'm going to finish Bioshock tonight. And uh, I did. It was a good time. the The ending sucked, you know. Yeah, it's Bioshock, but it was it was a good time. But I'm like, as I'm going to bed, I'm like, oh shit, the sun's coming up. Well, as long as I get 90 minutes of sleep, I'll be cool. I'll I'll be able to get to work. Not much has changed with Rob Zachney. <laughs> yeah. So woke up at like noon. Called my boss. And I was like, uh, yeah, I'm um I'm sick, super sick. Sorry, make it. I won't yeah. be in. And then I had like this magical day of mm-hmm. what would life be like if I didn't work at this shitty <laughs> like office? Uh-huh. And it was this blessed day of like me and my partner going around like putting around coffee shops in town. Um, you know, going out for to get breakfast, uh, hanging out like reading, chatting. It, uh, it was like the first glorious day of spring, which lasts like approximately one week. I know in this. Wisconsin. I've had this day.
2: We were mm-hmm. like, I not to this is exactly my story except instead of it being um uh uh kind of the thing that the the spark for me ended up being one up the one up exodus closure etc and all of those podcasts ending and yep i mean obviously there's overlap with gfw there um but also just that that moment in games 2007 2008 spawned a, a generation of of games critics that that we're kind of seeing all burn out right now uh um <laughs> 2007 is call of duty 4 modern warfare it's mario galaxy it's bioshock it's halo 3 it's portal it's assassin's creed it's mass effect it's uh half-life 2 episode 2 it's rock band um it's the orange box in general it's the witcher 1 uh in 2008 is is far cry 2 is uh metal gear solid 4 is Dead Space, is GTA 4, is Fallout 3. There is like a real – that year cycle from like mid-year 2007 through end of 2008. uh, Mirror's Edge is in there. Um, Persona 4 is in there. Uh, Battlefield Bad Company is in there. Valkyria Chronicles is in there. Uh, uh, Some of (laughs) us love Valkyria Chronicles. (laughs) Anyway, that particular era of of, – and also I was working a very similar dead-end – A job that I often describe as like data entry in reverse, uh, in which I was a trademark researcher going into the office at like 9.30 a.m. Earlier, I was getting there by 9, but like starting up by 9.30 and staying there until like 9 at night because I was kind of terrible at this job in which I was like, you know, the story I always tell about this job is at one point – we di- We developed a new. Uh, we clients were like Coca Cola and 3M, and basically we we're like working for those companies to police yeah. their trademarks, uh, their registered trademarks, and like you know, basically giving them the information they needed to go after small businesses. And it, and it, it, they're so litigious that at one point we were rolling out a new like PDF internal like proprietary PDF system for our big trademark reports, uh, in which we had digital post-it notes. Uh, and one of the colors you could use was the 3M yellow, and 3M sent us a cease and desist, or maybe they didn't send us a cease and desist. They just told us, "No, you can't do that. That's our. We have that color trademarked for stationery, including digital stationery." So even though you're one of our even cons, as their contracted
4: attack dog,
2: yeah, even though we're your yeah, even though you are basically like one of our weapons. Uh, no, you can't use that without licensing that color from us. Um, and it was like mind-numbing, terrible work. I still occasionally will have dreams of the interface I had to use because yep. the way that that work – I'm sure you're the same thing with that CMS where like for me, the way that that system worked was I was using uh, – you use like basic Boolean search uh, queries to try to find every possible variation – of a of a thing, right? So, like, let's say Coca Cola came to us and said, and "I didn't get to work Coca Cola or 3M. I was miserable at this job. I was working sm- with, mostly with smaller companies. Every once in a while, one of those big clients would cross my desk because everyone else was busy, and all of the managers would get antsy because they knew I fucking sucked. Um, I just took a long time. My my results were always good, but like, I was just I was just very." you know, comprehensive. Well, uh, and so my days were long and etc. but like you would get a thing like Coca-Cola wants to make a new drink or a, a drink company wants to make a new drink called, you know, spark soda or whatever. And so then you'd be like, okay, I need to look up to see if there's any sparks, any spurks, any sporks, any snarks, any starks, any, and then, okay, what, what else is the spark is spark reminiscent of? Uh, and, and, you know, you're looking for then, you know, uh, ignites and lights, and and plugs because spark plug is a word and like you're doing all of that shit. And that's like what the job is, just like going through reams and reams of trademark information uh, uh data on screen. Plus, you're making sure there isn't some sort of local, you know, uh in Ohio, there is a local regional thing called Spark Soda that was only sold in Ohio. But because of the way American trademarks work, they actually have rights on that if they're in if they're in. Uh, use even if it's just a regional thing and so that could that could throw off this entire new thing anyway that shit was mind-numbing and the only thing that got me through it was like listening to podcasts about video games also and this is telling listening to the daily rachel maddow show uh which was still on internet radio at the time i'm sure it was on the radio somewhere but like the morning Rachel Maddow show is what I listened to. And then I would switch to one of my various video game podcasts in the afternoon. Uh, ooh, 2007 <laughs> was a hell of a time, buddy. Uh, um And so, yeah, then the, the one up Exodus happened, the one up uh, uh, layoffs hit. And I was like, I always wanted to write for EGM and now I will never write for EGM. And uh, we've talked about that part. We've talked about, then it's there's fine when GM they brought again. it back.
3: You, you, yeah. you know, know. you good. Yeah, uh-huh.
2: <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, t- t- I tried that. I don't yes. recommend it. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh And so, yeah, so that was also similar, Rob. Like that feeling of like there's a different world out there. If we just like bust our asses, can we get into it and not do this mind-numbing work? And the answer, of course, was, like, more low-paying pay, low paying jobs with long hours. So it's not like not, – it turned out every day didn't Three get to years. be that. Right. I, I, I literally had the exact same thing, Rob, of, like, one day I called in sick and just, like, hung out with my partner in the city and just, like, went to little cafes and just had a good day. And it was like – what hit me was, like, it fucking sucks that I have to take a day off to have a good day in my life. Because oh, yeah. my weekends were spent. My weekends were just recovery mode. Like, they were just – my brain is off. I have to get through this. So – i'm i it is very funny the ways in which these origin stories map pretty cleanly,
4: oh yeah, dude. I was like working on a i had never been a heavy smoker, but like i was I was starting to cross the pack a day uh mm-hmm. intake of cigarettes and like working on a tiny little drinking problem um and yeah, I had that magical day, and here's the weird thing while I was out it was, i think it was that day, I sent in a pitch to a website and forgot about it. The next day, I go to my office, and my shit's in a box, and my workstation's packed up. Okay. And they're like, you know, we really need uh, someone who's going to be fully committed to the mission uh, here. And I was like, hey, Penny, I understand. Like, you know, you got to do what you need to do. And she's like, I I feel super bad about it. And it's like, don't. Don't. Mm Don't. Um, she was like, "I do have to walk you out," and I was like, "Absolutely, let's go." And she was like, "You have everything that you had," like and I was like, "Don't care. I think so. I think we're good. Uh, let's let's roll." Mm. And I walked out of there, and like it was, and the weird thing was, I couldn't. I should have just quit, but the thing was, I did need that money. Yeah, like it uh-huh. was this weird feeling of like I had been taken out behind the barn and shot to an extent. And I had needed that. Like I desperately needed not work there, but I also needed that paycheck. And so I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. But the fucked up thing was that pitch was accepted. And, uh, the
2: place, this was,
4: uh, early escapist. They, they paid a decent rate, uh, in those early days.
2: Also a much different site culturally at that point than what it would become in the decade following, you know?
4: Yeah. Um, it, it only had generations of, oh, yeah. sort of waxing and waning uh, that site did. But the thing was, when I realized, I didn't even realize it was paid. I for, I didn't realize what the rate was. And so I didn't realize until after I'd submitted this article like that it was going to be hundreds of dollars. And when I realized that, I was like, wait, how do long would math. it have taken me in that office to make that money? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, this is the dream. This is the shit. I'm just going to do this. That may have been a huge mistake. Um, <laughs> for a long time, I think I was like, I don't know if this was the right call. It's worked out. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's a lot of luck, right? Like, there are a lot of good bounces. My career <laughs> took. Mm-hmm. Um And there were a lot of points where I was like, I rue the day that I had that nice, charming day out on the
2: town uh, because, boy, did that lead me in a different direction. Um, But, yeah. I mean, I I gave up on it. Like, I straight up bounced off of it years in from that first attempt and decided – and, like, the economy fell apart and I couldn't get enough freelance stuff to to keep it together and uh, making rent in New York became impossible. And I moved back home with my folks and was like, I need to – I need – I can't go back to being someone who lives at home. I, like, my brain – can't handle being on someone else's schedule. I, and so I went to grad school and got in deeper debt. And uh, again, choices are made. Anyway, that is our, our that is that is the arc in many ways. And I think that's a lot of people. I think a lot of people uh, have have had jobs that have like had that moment of like, this isn't the thing. Um, I need to be doing something. Even if it's not like, again, I, I, at this point, it's hard to even advocate people come into this industry. Um, but I do think people should take account of their time and and try to strive to be in a workplace that at least respects them and that leaves them professionally fulfilled, even if that fulfillment isn't necessarily like um, isn't isn't lauded culturally or whatever. I think there's there's too much uh, too much time has been spent degrading a lot of types of work that, can actually be personally fulfilling like that should be your measure if you are fulfilled doing the thing you're doing to pay rent then like that should be more important than whether or not like it makes a good entry in your twitter bio i would say this though i think a job you don't give a shit about but
4: remunerates you appropriately and gives you time and distance that is also a type of fulfillment
2: Right. Like shout out shout outs to the dude who used to come in my uh, gaming and comic shop that I worked at as a as a cashier uh, who like worked, you know, the nine to five for a big for a big soda company for his whole life and like didn't give a fuck about it, but got to buy his Warhammer miniatures and his Pathfinder books and just kind of zone the fuck out and hang out there after work and like take care of his kids school bills and then buy a house or buy a retirement house down in, in Florida and move away. Like that life is also all right. You know, I had this years
4: into this whole journey. I ran in an old friend from college and um, we both went to a small liberal arts school. and we went to Lawrence University and she was in Boston and we ended up catching up at a bar. I think that is now closed, but uh, she and I sat down and. It was like. Our experiences were so different. And we both envied each other so much. Because mm-hmm. I was like, well, she's like, what are you doing? Well, I'm writing about video games. And she was like, that's the coolest fucking thing. Like, that's amazing. And I was like, yeah, there's some pretty major downsides. She's like, yeah, but like you're doing what you love. Like, that's amazing. Uh, but then, like, as I'm talking to her, I realized she was uh, like a an office manager mm-hmm. at like a law firm. And I was like, how is that? And she was like, it's pointless. It's dumb. I don't give a shit about it. But they pay well and I get a lot of time off. And so then she's like, so let me tell you about what I'm doing when I'm not at work. And it was living an entire fulfilling life. And I was like, that is an equally valid. And at certain points, vastly preferential route than the one I'd gone. Um, And so that's the other thing is like, have a broad definition of fulfillment. Sometimes Mm -hmm. because that can be really useful. Um, Your life doesn't have to be work and in fact most job like that's a real good outcome if like the job might be just a job but if it's letting you live a life that's interesting to you
2: that's also that's a that's a great outcome and also we just say this final thing here before we wrap up is just like also it emphasizes what you said before it's a lot of luck to get there it is not it is often not a failure of the person who is stuck in a shitty job that they can't make work for them or that they can't get out of or find something different. Like, I don't, I'm not someone who is like, obviously, I'm not someone who's like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, but I'm also not someone who who thinks that, You are solely responsible for the context you wind up in. But I do want to say also that if you feel like you could empower yourself to pull yourself out of a situation or look for a different job because you're stuck in some shit you hate, spend that time. Like, spend a little bit of that time each week looking for something that you think would be a little bit more livable. Um, Don't stay in a shitty situation because you feel like it's the best you could do, Um, uh, you know. I've been in that place and and am glad I got out of it even if the road to where I am now is extremely difficult um it very much worth worth you know putting in putting in that that effort and failing a lot like not not finding stuff for years uh having jobs I hated for years is not uh it is it is part of that process towards getting somewhere else and i and i also just fundamentally and this is the most fucked up thing is like the system that we are in is not built so that everyone can come out of it with something that speaks to them um or with something that's fulfilling or 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 uh you know actually remunerates them in a way that's fair um so like (sighs) if you find you're hitting walls don't blame yourself for that always do you know what i mean that is not a personal failing and it's it's a system that's built
3: for for that to happen often some ways, I'm really glad I went through art school from like middle school because yeah. every teacher knows and understood right. what right. the actual, like, what being an actual artist was. And it was always like work and art are different, they're very yeah. rarely going to line up you're going to have to find ways to find you're going to have to find those jobs that are like they won't tire you out too much and like 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 Rob was saying like if it allows you to do what you want to do outside of it like that's also mm-hmm. and like i was just like feel kind of blessed that from like fucking middle school this this idea has been and i like it should be part of regular like schooling but like just like you know going to a, a an arts magnet I got lucky that mm-hmm. I got that from early on, um, but yeah, it's oh. it's like this weird thing about what we do or like the difference between job uh, like uh, what am I career and like hobby? You know, mm-hmm. like you don't always need to have a a career that would also be a hobby or like what those things mean and like how they get like uh weighed differently in society kind of sucks. It's just like it's okay to be quote unquote an artist as a hobby or whatever. Like what it what matters is how where where you find your enjoyment of it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um totally. Yeah. All right. Well
2: thank you for joining us for another long episode of Five Star Runtimes. Continue <laughs> here at a waypoint. Uh uh Again, the email address for sending in questions is gaming at vice.com. We'll be back later this week to talk about Resident Evil and see what else we, we get up to. I don't know. We'll see. Um, thank you, as always, to Bowen for letting us use the track Miss You off the EP pale machine. Find out more about that. Waypoint.zone slash B-O-E-N. Um, uh, as always, uh, you can find us on Twitter, twitter.com slash waypoint, waypointadvice.com. Uh, where can people find you, Rob? At Rob Zachney. Patrick. At Patrick Klubik. Cado At A underscore Kato underscore appears. I follow me at twitter.com slash Austin underscore Walker. Uh, and I would just, I would just, it's like, this conversation has me in my feelings because we're talking about origins and arcs and everything else. And uh, I just want to say thank you to everyone who supported us over the years. It does mean a lot that like we get to do the thing we get to do and and that uh, y'all have, have stuck by us uh, for for so long. We're weirdly coming up on five years now of this podcast, right? when was that first one that was i don't know we are like summer
4: 2016
2: uh uh-huh i was talking to joel recently and i realized that we were talking on like the first day we met five years ago which is fucking wild so in many ways this site has been going now for five years and and uh i know that i am incredibly lucky to have been part of it uh so so thank you to everyone for for supporting us for all this time and you know, uh, show your support to people who who make. I'll just say this too, especially again, given some of the harassment I've seen over the last week, given the uh, the the fickleness of time in history. Uh, show the people who make the stuff you like, um, love, give them give them the positive attention that that uh, that they need because this is a strange in- industry that uh, uh, can fucking chew you up. Uh, so, put that love out there. I think it means a lot to to those of us still in it. Um, All right, Uh, we will be back soon. Until then, fuck capitalism, go home.
1: Number one financial destination, YahooFinance.com.
4: I hope Mitch Trubisky gets a chance to listen to this one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> he just needs to find a career that speaks to him. You know what I mean? You know what? I mean?
4: <laughs> you know what? Like, is your job being a pretty well-paid backup quarterback in a cool little town yeah, like Buffalo? Fine, I'm not. Right?
0: Sh- I'm not sure that he's going to get that beyond this year. I think he might. You think be. this is it? I think he might be gone.
2: What's yeah. yeah. I mean, he's probably made he made his money though, right? Yeah, even as the, I think
0: the last year, even on his rookie deal, I was like because he th- yeah. those first round picks. Uh, yeah, like that escalate. I
2: think a high
4: 18, first round pick. Yeah, he made eighteen million that last. Yeah, year.
2: he's fine. Okay, we're good. Yeah.
4: He's so totally like y'all right? He can have more than one Warhammer army. <laughs> exactly Wow. In a couple settings, even. Oh, <laughs> holy God. shit! Yeah, no. So like. <laughs> That's the thing. You know, maybe, maybe his shitty content mill was playing quarterback was playing the for bears. the Bears. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> Why can't you just be better? God. Work harder.
5: <laughs> okay, now I'm recording.
4: Um, we should just have this as B-roll. <sighs> Or is special segment just to see just to test the energy, just to see how I want to handle this. But no, uh, dude, I was like, I had so not tuned into this draft because. As the opposite, this is how I found life. And I know
0: I was just messaging you this and you had no issues. Like, I think like, I think it's possible they could get fields. I think like it could slip. And just like, not. you were having n- none of it. None of it. It was just like, I'm not, no, no. Fuck these guys. Get them out. And I was like, I, got, I understand it. Everyone else in my life was the exact same way. My brother wanted nothing to hear of uh, a quarterback so, slipping to these people.
4: Literally, I have been so checked out that like, I obviously had followed the Justin Fields discourse because like in this Quarterback class, no, you know, he's, he's, there's Lawrence, always there's one that's the,
0: like he's got character issues. Like, is he a is he a, is he a leader of men? Um, frequently, seems to be black quarterbacks when they talk about. That. Well, it was
4: it wasn't just that though. It was just like this general sense of like this was the most I'd seen there be this really public struggle to evaluate what quarterbacks were going to be capable of doing in the NFL. Well, yeah, um, you
0: had uh, Trey Lance who the 49 Nineers took. He played. Uh, one snap last season because – uh, not because he opted out. I think, like, he plays in – I don't – he plays in, like, the FCS. There's, like, different levels of collegiate football, and I don't have that. I know I've heard of, like, some of them, but I don't know how it all works. But anyway, he played one snap. He played less snaps than Mr. Biscay did in college, and the 49ers still took him. Well, how – I like I, a lot of 49ers fans. I like Jimmy Garoppolo. He's from, he's a hometown guy. But, um, how funny would it be that if the Bears were just murdered for years for swapping picks with the 49ers to go get Mitch and then four years later, the 49ers give up like up, like so much draft capital to go get Mitch Trubisky 2.0? That would be pretty funny. I don't want that to happen. I want Kyle
4: Shanahan to have a good quarterback, but that would be very funny. It would be uh, like, I think this was, but yeah, like I had, um, I've been sort of intrigued because, like, there were a lot of people who, after Trevor Lawrence, there there were people making the case that, like, hey, Justin Fields might actually be the most gifted guy He would be the
0: number one in a world where there wasn't, like, an Andrew Luck, Peyton Manning 2.0, which is what everyone thinks Trevor Lawrence is. And that, actually, Justin Fields might be, like, a better athlete. But you're basically just kind of throwing the chips up. It's like no one really knows that COVID screwed everything up. You can't do medicals on on people and all that. And it's just sort of like, ah – what can you glean from a Zoom call in like one one just, day where
4: you watch them throw a ball? I just never dreamed that it'd be like Justin Fields would be in play either. Like no. I figured, like maybe it'd be because Mac Jones did nothing for me. Like in terms of, oh, if he falls, to the Bears, I'm like, I guess we need a quarterback. But like, I yeah, like I,
0: I I would have been like, yes, that's the right move. You let a player, fall. you know, like the Patriots took him, and it's like that was the right move too. Like even if it doesn't work out, it's what what are they, you know, the process is right. You take a guy. If he falls yeah. to you, and then you you hope you get you hope you get lucky, but no, I yeah, I no, I was <laughs> I was all in. I'm sitting there drinking a beer, waiting for logos to switch. Like I, Rob, we may if Aaron Rodgers does not leave the division, we, there may be a post mortem like you know a year from now that says the Broncos cho- decided to not take a quarterback because they thought they might be in play for Aaron Rodgers, and that's the only reason Justin Fields slipped is that the Broncos should have taken Justin Fields to have with Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, but they didn't, and somehow, you know, the, the, the Panthers convinced themselves Sam Darnold is going to do anything other than be broken. Want to well, Definitely want to draft a quarterback, bring in a quarterback that says I'm seeing ghosts. I mean, I know this, that...
4: <laughs> this was the thing. Like, I just didn't see during any of the draft discussion how, one, we knew... Like we have no faith in this Bears front office, and two, the draft situation was such a shambles. I was like, we're not going to be in position for anyone. 20. who can sort of nobody. The yeah, offense. nobody's.
0: Yeah, tw- like you pick twenty, you're screwed. You know, you saw how much the Forty ers had to give up to go from like twelve or what it was to to three. It was a lot. Yeah. Um. And I didn't want them to do it. I was, you know, I think you and I were on the same page. It was like after the end of last year, I I, I wish they had. And I still believe this because. It's the process, right? The the process. If the Bears end up with a generational quarterback who pulls a Rodgers and like covers up the flaws of a Pace and a Nagy because he's just supremely talented, I will. I will accept that scenario. That seems just fine with me. The Bears have never been blessed with enough talent to cover up the mistakes of the people around them. But what they should have done was what we wanted to do, which is like they should have fired two people who were flailing, um, making bad choices. And then strip the team, you know, for for draft picks and, and start it over. And, like, it becomes a three-, four-year process. But if we end up with, you know, a, a player who's going to make up for all that and it doesn't matter, then, you know, I'm good with that, too. Anyway, go Fields. Welcome to Soldier Fields.
4: The other thing that fucks me up this quarterback class is mm-hmm. all these dudes sound like they have the most generic football, like, cartoon-ass names. Yes. <laughs> Justin Fields. Mac Jones, Trey Lance. <laughs> yeah, it does. Like if we Gym if we football. Sat, if we sat around with like a,
0: uh, <laughs> some beers and we're like, let's just come up, we're gonna come up with some football names, and like we would emerge with the white
2: smoke with uh, some <laughs> <instead of> names <laughs> like that. Okay, wait, What episode did you say it was? Three ninety four. Okay,
0: coming in hot. I feel like you. I feel like you should um, start every podcast guessing at the number, and then Kato corrects you, it's, and that should, be, that should always, just become a new bit.
2: It's always right because I have it in my intro. Right. I just always double check it. You yeah. know what I mean? So no, um, I just want you to
0: guess. I need you to delete that. You want me and to oh, just start going from the gut?
2: <laughs> I'll just start guessing four hundred until we get there because that's. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're close. Um. All right. Uh. Clap at. Uh, my close time, That is is. Uh, 40, 47. All right.
1: When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance.